listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
Let's get down to it, boppers. Oh, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show on what the Bible now tells us is a Tuesday or two for Tuesdays or two and all Tuesdays, which no longer exists. And I would uh, kind of feel bad for anybody who missed out on that craze. I missed it. Yeah. Bullets. Actually, um, I can't say it was, but it's a guy who we used to know very well at NEW, his uncle, I believe ate so many two-and-alls that he had to get an operation because the little coating, the pill thing, never really digested and oh it all, they all just stayed together like a big ball in his stomach. Jesus. And I thought the whole point of those pill things was to, you know, easily digestible. That's how what the fucking companies be making them for. You would think. Those like reds and blues, was that two and all? Or those things uh, different? No, those were, uh, those were different uh, animals together. I'm sure you could Google a nice picture <laughs> of a Tui. Tuis and Ludes were around at the same time. And Michael Sarah has a new movie out on uh, a, uh, a mescaline, San Pedro, where you kind of brew it yourself. Oh, that's awesome. It always seemed like a problem to me. <laughs> It always seems like, are you sure? DIY, dude. Punk rock. <laughs> yeah. It really was do-it-yourself. <laughs> uh, ACDC, Artist of the Day. Classic Shelb uh, brought this in. This is your favorite band of all time. You say you just live for these guys. Love it. Love it. Here's the difference between you and Chris Pepper Hicks Stanley. <laughs> you stay away from the hits. You are so fucking cool. You deep track it. If I'm going to give us something from Sirius XM, he would be the PD of Deep Tracks. Chris, you would be the PD of Hits 1. I, I love it. I love, give me some Katy Perry. Yeah. <laughs> give me some, I don't know, Gucci Mang. I'm not sure. You know, I, I love that, that. I want to listen to what everyone else is listening Chris to. Chris was behind the idea of going from top 40 to top 20. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Let's get rid of 21 through 40. They bore people. We need to condense this shit. Yeah. Well, we've heard enough of, like, Back in Black and... Shook me all night long. That, uh, no. Pepper has it. No. Pepper has not heard enough of it. Give it to me, baby. Come on, yeah. I want this fucking room moving. Uh, Chris Stanley, uh, he's got in something right now, and I don't want to give it away too much to be a PD of a new station. And he, a big part of it is Katy Perry on the ones. So anytime you look up where you wouldn't see traffic on the ones, you get Katy Perry on the ones. I haven't heard California Girl for 15 fucking minutes. Is that the same one as the Beach Boys did? Is that a cover? much better? Mm. Snoop Dogg's on this one. Do you know? I would stay away from anything that had the same title. Like I probably wouldn't write a song called "Hey Jude." I would go. You know what? People are going to get confused. But see, California Girls is G U R L. That is so fucking internet, man. It's totally different. Yeah, it's leet. You know, she's shooting shit out of her tits. It's great. That sh that fucking shit's in is pure Instagram to me. Or Vine, really. Oh, I wish I could watch another cartoon of that tail coming off. Every time I look up at the TV. 
<laughs> Here's what it looks like in a cartoon form when a tail comes off an airplane. I can't believe nobody had a fucking video going on inside the plane. Thanks for making us turn off our electronic devices. Dicks. No one can sneak on an iPad. Oh my shit. Uh, right off the bat, I want to get a video up that uh, this is your it girl today. Paulina Gretzky, you say, is 2013's it girl. 2013... Maybe even moving into 2014. I'll make so that you think she's prediction. gonna? You think she's gonna hang around this long? Now her dad skates, <coughs> but I've never seen her out on the ice. What is she doing right now? She's jiggling titties. She's shaking her ass, miming, banging a dude in the ass. She's doing everything, all to the thong song. I think smart. We all, I think smart. we all remember that hit yeah. from oh, over I certainly a decade do. ago. <laughs> sure. Well, can I tell you? Yeah. Retro. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my thing right now is retro. <laughs> all right, there she is. Now, which one's her? That's right, her? On a trucker hat. That was her getting her titties bounced? She was the one bouncing the titties. Ah, smart. Oh, my God. And there she is. Fake uh, strap on. Girl. Let, let me just tell you this, and I can be honest about this from living in Florida. Boats drive women crazy. <laughs> and you don't, like, a guy uh, will be like, oh, we're going out on a boat. Let's get some fishing gear. Let's go out 10 miles. Let's spend a day of this. Let's fight the ocean. A woman, if you have a boat, you need to take her out 15 to 30 feet, drop anchor, <laughs> And her fucking top comes up immediately. Most of the people in Florida that buy boats are just in the intercoastal, going from one bar to another, picking up girls, and taking them out 20, 30 yards off the dock. And that's the party. And partying right there, yeah. Because they want to be, you know, they want their tits seen by as many possible people. That's passing boats, people on the shore. Or the boats will just come up and anchor together. So you will get this cluster <laughs> of boats where the girls jumping boat to boat. So it's like a giant boat party instead of yeah. like a house party. That sounds amazing. Well, here's the part of it that's always funny. You know, no kids can fucking afford a boat. So it's always middle-aged guys and incredibly young girls. <laughs> it's... The most degenerate. <laughs> it's the most degenerate day, and I've never heard of anyone being busted for coke. I don't know whether they think that that's international waters. Once you're off, that's what I think. But the coke is everywhere. That's what I tell people. Get all gacked up on a fucking boat, <laughs> fifty feet from the fucking dock. Um, it's a great video. I'm just glad Instagram added those extra seconds because if we had vine this we might have had to delete some of the boob shaking you know it's a really good point let's just be thankful you know she's a uh, <laughs> you yeah. know that's a rich girl i think hall and Oates put it best when they said you're a rich car and you've gone too far oh i'm just god no we don't even know. you know how she gets by how on the old man's money <laughs> Uh, Shreka is uh, up in the air right now, uh, paid the extra eight bucks so she could get in-flight internet. So I'm just going to say to Shreka, stay up, stay up in the air, honey. Keep that plane. Good thoughts. Good thoughts in the air. Godspeed. Now, I don't know whether you're going to like this or not as much. Jeez, that fucking picture. 
Yeah, that's your friend. I know. My life took me in the wrong direction. I got to get back to FLA. Where I can really be pathetic. Um, <laughs> he's an embarrassment. Look at him. You seem like you're having a good time, though. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I know. That's the sad thing about it. Well, what's always funny, you ever been to a titty bar and see that 90-year-old man? Yeah. He's just fucking sitting. And he has no joy in his dead fucking eyes. And he, he's just got a, a stack of fucking cash. So these young girls are just swarming him. Oh, hell yeah. He's look. He's doing what he wants with his money. If I when I go back, I'll never make the same mistake that I made the first time when I opened a titty bar. What's that? Third trimester was a <laughs> fucking ridiculous idea. They're too pregnant for a lot of people. It's too it's too niche. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to call a Florida titty bar exactly what it is: runaways, because that's who you <laughs> really meet. Young, broken people destined to die young. And they're just runaways. And that's all. I, I would just play the song Runaway. Just for every fucking uh, uh, dancer that came out there. It'd be like a beacon to them. They'd know exactly where to go. Well, I don't know why people think, hey, I'm going to go to Florida and things will be okay there. <laughs> well, it's warm. It's warm all the time. And there's no state tax. Yeah, like the gates of hell. <laughs> That's the same exact feeling that you get in the gates of hell. Hey, let's bring her out. Blessed by an uncle. OD'd in the 10th grade. Bounce back, though. Oh, poor thing. Poor thing. Well, the coke helps her keep her weight off. That's the nice thing about it. Jade, stage four. Jade, stage four. <laughs> Isn't that always the saddest thing? Jackwire. Jackwire on deck. We got Bud Lloyd on tap. I always like when they announce some girl and she's just not even there. And you just fear the worst. <laughs> oh, God. Someone, you know, killed her on the way. Felicity. <laughs> oh, she didn't show up to work tonight. All right, um... Shrek says, thank you for the good vibe, and she's flying into San Francisco, known as one of the safest airports on the West Coast. At times. Now, you know when you fly after a crash like this, things couldn't be more thought about. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gravy. It's, the per it's almost like if you're in prison after a jailbreak, no one's getting out. <laughs> it's a lockdown. No, yeah, no, one, no one breaks out a week after... Uh, a jailbreak, because now everyone's doing their fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> Time to fucking tighten up the ship. Hey, you're working on the tail today. Do me a fucking favor, all right? I got people chewing my ass out. Make sure every bolt on there is tight as a motherfucker. This shit rolls downhill, man. Check it twice. Anybody got a ratchet? You don't have a fucking ratchet, dude? Uh-uh. This is bad. We shouldn't be in the fucking air. You're so weird the way you keep playing things over and over. You're almost Japanese. Oh, almost. You're turning Japanese. At least I think so. I really think so. Not a lot of quotes today for some reason. Uh, what else is going on in your fucking strange mind, Shelbs? Well, Jay Leno, as we know. Lendo. Lendo. 
Jay Lando Calarizian. <laughs> He's out in six months. Is that right? Six months? Damn, that seems fast. Yep. So we're looking at like a, a, a early January, or are they going to let him have his Christmas show? Looks like that, and I bet now they might even be thinking we should have kept him on even longer because he is killing it in the ratings. He always does when they fire him. That's where he's at his best. Well, I mean, if you think to yourself, hey, Leno's gone in six months. I want to make sure I can check him out. I can see that why that would bring a lot of curiosity to people, too, you know? And letter, but you'd think like I mean, and Kimmel, he's doing pretty good. He's actually beating Letterman. Letterman's just not doing well at all. But the thing about Leno, he's like just gets hated on on the internet. Like he's they despised just, like, by like, the whenever youngsters. they there's like a actually like a good clip, like somebody says something interesting, and they post a Leno clip. They go, you know, I. Even though it's a Leno clip, I'm posting it because so-and-so said, like, they don't even like to post it. Well, you kids still hate him for the Coco bit, right? For pushing Coco out in the street? Yeah. Too Coco. It just shows, like, people just like to hate people more than they like to love people because, like, nobody's really talking about Conan that much. Like, you'd think yeah, they have him. just been huge afterwards, yeah. but nobody really followed him yeah. that much. The, the, they have him. The, they haven't lost him. That same thing is on their TV screen. They should be happy, and yet they're not. Like their they're, adoration didn't really stay, but the hate for Leno. Did. See, here's the thing that Jimmy has to remember: twelve thirty is the best fucking job in TV. Everyone who's there is beloved, considered hip, considered edgy, and thought of as you know what that person's better than their job. But then when you get to the Tonight Show. Just one hour earlier, all the pressure starts, everyone starts to bitch, and you're considered worse than your job. People love Craig Ferguson. Like, he can do just whatever. He could come out and just monologue the whole time. Like, they wouldn't even tell him not to, probably. Well, he is very funny, uh, but you think he could do that same show an hour earlier, or would they Hell tighten no him up? Way. They wouldn't let him, yeah, they wouldn't let him just sit around and talk. He's and, got a robot sidekick. Which I can't stand. I just don't get that thing at all. I think you have a sidekick who just sits there and looks at you. And then sometimes holds on real tight. <laughs> That's my thing. Maybe they can uh, get the robot to hold on to things more. Puppet it up. You know something? You look like you're not even old enough to be in here with that <laughs> no, fucking hair. Yeah, I'm old enough. I'm, I'm the same person. You're Twiggy right now. <laughs> Thank you. Boy Twiggy. <laughs> with me, as always, is Boy Twiggy. Twinkie. Um, here is uh, Jason. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, how you guys doing? What's I have up, a buddy? quick comment about Leno. You know, Leno was the original sellout. That's why no one likes him. Remember, Bill Hicks hated him because they did all those Doritos commercials. Bill Hicks hated everything, though. So. Um, yeah, but Leno was a big sellout in the beginning. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Does the word sellout even mean anything anymore? Um, most people who are out there, they're expanding their brand. That's the goal. They're not selling out. Capitalism won over art a long fucking time ago. So now you have to go, uh, it's time to quit beating up on people who did it first. Or hate everyone who does it. I was the one who told Michael Jordan, don't. Do any underwear ads, dude. It'll take away from the bulls. 
And I think I was 100% right, because no one remembers that he was a basketball player. Uh, plenty, plenty of people do. I mean, uh, the, the, the Hitler mustache thing was weird. Since you cut your hair, you yeah. disagree with everything I had to say. Where's my long-haired buddy? Okay? That long hair is in fucking French Canada right now. Probably a dumpster somewhere. You know, to me, you look like if Lowell George would have joined Duran Duran. I just... It's too much for me to take in. Talk about a fucking sellout. Look, I'm still here. Because I cut my hair, I'm a sellout? Come <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. It's seven years. I fucking cut that thing off for a long time. Um, I saw I got a couple drinks. Made a rash decision. What did David Crosby say? Almost cut my hair. I gotta let that freak flag fly. You don't anymore, dude. Alright? Right now, you look like you could be fucking in Nixon's cabinet. Oh, just, And I'm talking about his kitchen cabinet. Get yourself a little snack <laughs> and say, and, uh, this Watergate thing's gonna blow over, boss. Don't worry. Suck it to you. <laughs> See? He has every reference. Um, here's, uh, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey there, Ronnie. Uh, yeah. You know, when it comes to these stripper chicks, is there like a name ladder they have to climb? Because like any club you ever go into, the top girl is usually named Mercedes. <laughs> See, they change the name so we won't know that's their vaginas. <laughs> but if I was in Congress, I would push for a bill that the girls have to use their real name. So you'd be like this. Coming up to the stage, it's Elizabeth Anderson. Oh. Elizabeth Anderson, everybody. I'll find her on Facebook. <laughs> Class of 1999. Yeah. Giving out all the details. <laughs> if Volkswagen was a more expensive car, would that end up being a stripper name? Well, it's more of a sporty thing. It's a... Uh, Sports. Here comes angle. GTI to the stage, <laughs> followed by fucking Jetta. It's not just about the uh, amount of money you spend on it, but it's supposed to put this thing in a man's fucking head that, hey, I really now am Bob Guccione. You know? Hey, me, me. I had a fast car, a young chick. Me and Porsche are having a great time. <laughs> I've got a walkie talkie wristwatch. Like Dick Tracy? Yeah. Just really cutting-edge gadgets. For some reason, that's the, the big thing now. Like, every fucking tech company is trying to build, like, a smartwatch is what they're calling it. They want to bring back the watch, since watches... Well, know. a phone is uncomfortable to, you know, you're going, where's my phone? You ever see anybody goes, where's my watch? I mean, <laughs> you got to be talking to Harry Anderson before you fucking can't find your watch. That was fucking fast, wasn't it? That was good. Yeah, I was very fucking happy with that, too. They're like Samsung, Apple. They're all obsessed with creating the smartwatch. The way you say it, it sounds like a guy named Sam. <laughs> Sam. Samsung. This is my friend Sam. Son. He's got a new watch for us, and it's fucking brilliant. It's called a Dick Tracy watch. But you know, a phone is weird. I think we're going to look back one day and say the phone's weird because they're also talking about like clothes that will be like a camera, like a Google shirt instead of Google Glass. Crazy. And, you know, that maybe you could just talk into your collar. But I think everyone looks insane. I think a Bluetooth person in New York walking down the street looks exactly like a homeless person. <laughs> just fucking talking away like a crazy like like a crazy lunatic. They're totally nuts. And it's it's always strange because sometimes they'll just have like the fucking uh, the headphones in and you don't see them and then it just looks like they're fucking totally crazy. Well, the other day I saw a fucking homeless person with a Bluetooth. What? Yeah, 
And there was, I was, I had no idea whether they were talking to their themselves or they had another homeless friend. I like any fucking well. Here's a great thing about the homeless people talking to themselves. They're always in an argument. It's never like you never find a person talking to themselves. Things are great. I really I'm losing weight. I'm starting to reach a lot of my goals. They are constantly screaming out. So uh, a few years ago, there was a girl, and she did not. It looked like she had a place to live. She was clean, well dressed, but she would always be walking around in my block, talking about rape. Huh? And screaming at people, you're not going to rape me, and stuff like that. What the? And fuck? so, I would sit out uh, front all the time, smoking with a couple of guys in the neighborhood, and we would just watch people. And some guys would be like, "No one <laughs> is attempting to rape you," and they, you know, then they would walk by us, and I'd be like. Not cool, dude. Seriously, man. <laughs> when women have a right to feel safe. Why are you fucking with her? Yeah. Did anyone like ever like fucking really freak out on her? Like fuck you. I'm not Most people to just took the fuck off. Yeah. Because you don't want to hear the word rape. Yeah. Whenever ever says rape to me, I always run away. I don't think women even realize how the word how the word rape kind of crawls a man's fucking toes. That's the, that's the fucking most horrifying. Being falsely accused for rape, there's, there's there's nothing worse. What about statutory rape? That doesn't bother because that's consensual. Yeah, yeah, statutory. That's that's fucking. That should. If, you know, if I was in fucking power, statutory rape, everyone gets out of fucking prison. See, number one makes you look really bad, dude. How does it make you look bad? It's because that's with a child. That's what statutory rape is. Fucking yo, fucking statutory rape could be a seventeen-year-old and a sixteen-year-old. Those they're they're fucking down. They're DTF. Oh God. Oh no. Oh jeez. How do you dump out of this? That's just awful talk. That's the kind of shit yeah. that's going to come back at your trial. <laughs> I'm think, just going to yeah. say it now. Yeah, yeah. Your Honor, he's guilty. Can you read this transcript? <laughs> it seems like the host of the show was appalled. <laughs> he definitely was. That why no part of that. Even at the time, in present time, he knew it was an awful thing to be saying. Um... What's the oldest? I'm going to go to you first, Classic Shelf. What's the oldest woman you can see yourself being with? I'm going to go 60. 60? Sure. Wow. Hex, what about for you? Give me oldest. 58, maybe. All right. 55. 55. Oh. That's the cutoff point. All right, that's good. I'm going to stick with my old 27. So here's the deal. Here's a woman. It's up on the eye bank. That, to me, is my favorite woman in the world. She's 100 years young. A uh, hundred years young. And, of course, because of that, they sent someone out to talk to her about the wisdom of uh, the years. Let me find out what that is uh, called. It's a great-grandmother talks about turning 100 and dick. I wish we wouldn't have gave away that. But here she is uh, doing an interview with the local press. No, you're right. How you dick hanging? All right, let's stop it right away. So first things off, this well-dressed young man who comes up, she yells, 
how's your dick hanging? <laughs> and this guy is young enough to be her great-grandchild. Uh, all right, go ahead. Let's, go, let's, let's talk about your birthday real quick. <laughs> She needs her own show. But it goes to show you how, like, when you're elderly, it's the same as being a baby. Like, if you find out that you can get a laugh with something, you just want to use it over and over again. I love the mom's Mabley eyes that she's rocking, too. I'll be 100, I'll get 100 dicks. She's awesome. She's fucking great. And if she had a show, I would watch it. I love the fact that she's got a little fat grandson. Not even reacting. He's just back there. Fucking playing Angry Birds because he hears his shit constantly. Grandma talking about dicks again. <laughs> he wants to get a hundred dick. Uh, give us a little more. Play that on the news. You have to talk about Mama, something. You can't be on TV. That. You can't Mom, be on say TV. that on TV. And Mom, you can't say that on TV. You raised us to really be good people, to go out and help people, and be the best we could be. She's right, though. She's right. Blessed by Dick. He's just lies. None of this shit's getting on TV. 
get a good dick. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> she's on a mission. She's, she's on, on yeah, and I ain't telling her nothing. You know what? <laughs> Someone I just called on her and just start fucking banging her in a wheelchair. <laughs> Is this what oh, you wanted? Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's oh. too much dick. I think I ever getting so much dick. Break her fucking pelvis bone. <laughs> I like, you could not be fucking more aggressive than she is with two. I want to get a hundred dick. I'm going to get a big dick. <laughs> I want a little dick. How you dick hanging? I'm going to get some good dick. Because she's great. She's the coolest old lady ever. I like that when you're that old, too, you just dress for comfort all the time. I mean, you know, like, if you were going to be on TV and you dress like that, we'd all be screaming at you. Get ready. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's a tracksuit she's got. <laughs> she's like a tracksuit. Just throwing some kind of fucking hat on. It's fucking Mardi Gras beads from the look of it. <laughs> from showing that dick. You want some beads? Give us some dick. Let's see it. <laughs> That's fucking classic. Yeah, she's amazing. Her family like, wanted her so badly to be on TV. Please mention God, mention your great grandchildren, anything but dick. No, they set her up. They laugh at this fucking joke every single day. <laughs> so, like a baby, she just fucking repeats it. And believe me, this is going to be a lot better for that family than some. They're going viral now. Yeah. And we get all sorts. She'll get all sorts of gem and callers. So finally, you get some actual cops. She's not going to get any cops. Fuck, someone wants to bang this old broad. Who's I don't think, I've, I'm willing to say this. I don't think there's any man walking on the fucking planet Earth who's banged a 100-year-old in while they were 100. I'm uh, sure someone banged them when they're 81, saying, I got her 19 years ago. Check it out. <laughs> I wonder if you're still keeping the list in your fucking head of how many women you've been with when you, when you get to be up there in that fucking age. I mean, I you, you, you might it might come it has to come and go like you you may like a so, karma chameleon yeah like a karma chameleon. okay now I get it like dick comes and goes like dick does dick be, dick's be coming in me mm. grandma you want some pie I want some dick again all right the joke is over where am I you want to watch your show I want to watch dick. Somebody. You notice everyone's not laughing? You beat this fucking bit into the ground? Somebody vandalized Grandpa's grave. Oh, I want to vandalize the dick. <laughs> oh, so that just made me feel bad about people Her just fucking yeah. destroying a fucking tombstone. <laughs> Filing a corpse. Just fucking painting KKK on it and Jesus. giggling and running off into the night. I'd like to fucking hunt every one of those bricks down. This woman just fucks you. I'd like to hunt down some dick. <laughs> Bigger the better. Still, still working on you. Oh, yeah. I'd fucking hang out with this lady all day long. It'd be great. What's your more later? Some more dick? Now, would it be as funny and sweet if the guy was 100 yelling about pussy? Oh, my God. I want to get some pussy. Some little girl pussy. <laughs> Tired of the better. Let, let me babysit. Give me the pussy in the ass. All right. Oh, yeah. So that's disgusting. That's that, That's what the guy would be like. Yeah, but your hair is too nice to be like that, dude. <laughs> Seriously. You're fucking... Your hair looks so good right now, yeah. you could be driving Kit around town. I wish I had a fucking talking car. <sighs> that's fucking funny. Hell yeah. I wonder when the last time she did get fucked, though, it was. I don't fucking even... I'm not curious about that even slightly. How could you not be? She's constantly talking about dick. You gotta wonder when's the last time she got some. I think she's bullshit. Probably some orderly. 
Oh, right. Like rape? No, it's like, uh, my name is uh, Buck and I'm here to fuck. That's who got her. My name was Buck and I'm here to fuck. I remember watching that thinking, I don't think anything bad is going to happen to him. I think he's going to work out A-OK. Fucking Ray Donovan's going to be down there beating the shit out of him. I'm um, sorry, you guys don't get showtime. I, I've only heard about Ray Donovan. I heard it's fucking pretty damn good. I got too many tense shows now, though. Every show out there is supposed to make me feel tense. It's a tense show. I thought it was like him just like fucking running shit and fixing things for people. Yeah, but everything is like fucking last second, oh, and his fucking personal life is just as fucked up as the Hollywood studio system. Damn, Ray Donovan. You got your personal life all fucked up, dude. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's good is going to happen for Ray. It's like all those fucking shows. Dexter never gets a fucking relaxing day. You never turn on Dexter and he's just fucking smoking pot next to the pool. <laughs> or next to at least a dead body. <laughs> just everything. They're just running around constantly. And that under the dome. Did they fucking stop trying to what? in? What, what happened now? Nothing. Who gives a shit? We want to find out what happened to the dome. Yeah. Not who's fucking who in this little town. Oh, really? Not even fucking paying attention to the dome after two episodes? It seems like they're not freaked out enough by the dome, and they're just back to being small town minds. If I was fucking stuck underneath the dome, it's all i talk about. I'd be like, how are we going to fucking get through this goddamn dome? This is bullshit. <laughs> it seems... The thing is... No one on the other side has even waved to them or held up a sign. I don't think they're being able to be seen, and yet it doesn't freak out anybody, and people are still working at the diner. Why would you still be working a job if you're fucking stuck inside? Wait, so outside and handing money back and forth like everything's normal. Does the outside world, is the outside world aware that Dome is fucking... We see people in the outside world, but they're not fucking trying to communicate with them at all. The people... In, no one has made a sign. Saying what the fuck is going on on either side of the dome. They don't even try to get the attention. They don't have cell phone service, right? They're totally cut off, and there's a fucking dome there, and no. I don't know what's the there's I think no they hoarding. I think they only have cell phone service inside the dome. Oh, like they can call each other. Like there's a little radio station in there. Well, aren't they going to fucking run out of food? How many uh, supermarkets are in this goddamn town? Seems like they're not upset about that. <laughs> they haven't really sat down and said, hey, what do you think is going on? What is the government trying to do for us? They just kind of act like, well, when this dome disappears, everything will be better. Is Andy Samberg's younger brother still keeping that girl locked up in that yeah. place? Yeah, he is. Hot. And no one seems to miss her. Yeah. Uh, and then every once in a while, people fucking pass out and start to say the stars are falling or whatever. I'm kind of glad they're fucking stuck in a dome. Hopefully they all die out. This town sounds shitty. Uh, all right, coming up at um, just a few minutes, we'll be doing the drilling contest, uh, the grilling contest, the top ten. All you guys have uh, thrown in stuff. Um, doing an unmasked today at four thirty with Tony Hale. Tony Hale, it should be very interesting. Oh yeah, he's a, a strange. Uh, he plays really strange roles. I can't even picture anybody else playing like Buster. <laughs> I don't know who else would be able to pull it off. Buster's the greatest son of anyone on fucking t sitcom history. At least the best handicapped. 
Someone else says we have 15 seconds of Bar Raffaele working out. She's Israeli? Yes. That seems to be the uh, new hot thing, right? Yeah, people are realizing the uh, Israeli chicks are ridiculously hot. What took them so long to figure that out? I don't know. It wasn't like communism was behind it. What was that weird sound? That was very strange. I don't know. Might have been the workout equipment. Uh, she's a beauty. That doesn't even look like it would help you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Helps a lot. It makes you a supermodel. Oh, cool. <laughs> this is good for when she goes skiing. She's going to have to be ready. Do you think we would have moved past jump roping by this point in time? Nope. Like some have a laser jump thing. <laughs> It's analog, man. Oh, good. Looks like the trial's back up. <laughs> What's that headline say? I can't read it because there's a microphone in front of it. Pathologist. Gun wasn't against skin. Ah! So it he... was against clothing. Yeah, so we know that uh, Trayvon didn't take his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> yesterday they had this uh, fucking Thurman's trainer on. I just heard the headline. I wasn't listening to it. And the fucking thing was... <laughs> Zerman too out of shape to get into a fight that he couldn't he couldn't fight someone like he couldn't like fucking throw fists because he was too out of shape. Butterbean was a fat fuck <laughs> and he'd knock your ass out. Yeah, people are forgetting he wasn't fat when this all happened. He well, was quite you know he looked like he was in decent shape at that point. But shape enough for a fight because you gotta I mean you blow up fast in a fight you gotta have good cardiovascular. And most of the time boxers are running. You know, just running, 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 because it's exhausting to be in a fight. But still, Zerman could have thrown a couple of punches. He how was long, a lot thinner then. How long did this scuffle last for before he pulled a piece? Well, I had this uh, thing sent to me saying uh, no one is willing to show this picture and then showed what Trayvon really looked like at 17. And it was a picture of the game, right? Yeah. So I went over to Snopes and... Uh, Checked it out, and this apparently is going everywhere. That they're sending away. I'll, I'll try to find it for you, Hicks. Um, but um, yeah, that's the picture. Oh, it's the rapper. Yeah, that's the picture. California. Oh my god! I, so I guess between um, hip fucking Trayvon getting shot and um, this picture, he got a fucking LA tattoo wiped off his face. It makes no sense. He's from Florida. Why would he have a fucking Los Angeles tattoo? He should have a Flo Rida tattoo. Definitely. Everybody loves Flo Rida. Uh, you still keeping up with the trial, Fez? Because I don't watch it all. Um, I was trying to catch up yesterday. I mean, all through vacation I watched it. Now the big thing is they're going to start... They're going to allow... Uh, the defense to say that Trayvon had traces of marijuana in his system the night of the shooting. Shoot the fucker then. Yeah, shoot him. because that's yeah, that's just another reason to I shoot would, somebody. I'd shoot one of those weed hounds. Oh boy. I like to say weed hound. Why don't you put that fucking weed down? I like smoking it too much. Yeah. yeah. I'll fucking then I'll turn this into a red t wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> no, I didn't just smoke so we're not bothering every anyone. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Does a fucking bullet bother you at all? <laughs> yeah, that bothers me. There he is. There you he... like the weed so much. Love that blunt smoke. 
Right, and, Shelby? And then yesterday it was just also witness after witness for the defense saying that that is George Zimmerman screaming on the... Uh, <gasps> yeah, on the 911 tape. Even though I believe it was Zimmerman saying that his, his nose and mouth were covered during the fight. Scared so, me. I thought Ben came in here. So I have no idea how he would have been screaming if the life was being suffocated out of him. Well, see, when you get into the details, right away I'm lost. Because I do not watch this trial. Yeah, I didn't I, know he said his mouth was covered. I wasn't even sure there was a scream. All I remember is the, his initial phone call where we thought he said coons. He fucking racist. <laughs> I, I, I was, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's what people thought. The Zimmerman only way said. that I will accept that word is if you say Jeffrey first. Okay. He, he was calling Trayvon Jeffrey Coons. <laughs> oh, he's a great artist. Um, speaking of which, you sent me out to that fucking movie last night. Yeah. One scene. Uh, the day. Oh, it was just the, one of the entire thing. Barely. You should have asked me before. <laughs> I'm going to ask you everything now because this motherfucker does all kinds of crazy shit with me. I, I, I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm on point. Like two minutes? If. If that. I could have just had you play it out for me. I'm sure it was great, though. <laughs> You're something else, shorty. I call you shorty for your hair. Well, I don't know, Fez. I mean, I would start and prepare yourself for this guy walking. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the defense made a big mistake yesterday. One of the witnesses they called was Trayvon Martin's father, who they who they claimed said uh, the when he was brought in and listened to the nine one one tape that he told the police in Sanford that that definitely wasn't his son screaming on the. Uh, 911 tape. He says, I never said that. They uh, Basically, they were trying to coerce him. He says, at that point, I couldn't tell. That's what I said. So, you have Trayvon Martin's father on the stand in front of the jury of women saying, I'm listening to my son being killed. He's not, he's not, he's not saying it wasn't his son on the tape. And you have a very emotional witness Sympathetic, obviously, to the victim in front of the jury. Huge, huge yeah. defense mistake yesterday. But you, but you say those things as if you know what the jury's thinking. You know what I mean? Like we have no idea what the jury's thinking. I don't know why people got that stuff off. Like they know that the jury is going to take something one way or another. There's no actual witnesses to this. What happened, right? That actually went down. No one actually saw them. Whatever. Fez the did. Fight. Fez was looking out his bedroom window. <laughs> saw it all take place. There was two witnesses that said they saw the scuffle. They both have completely opposite stories. Yeah, he's getting off then because it's it's they're not. Gonna, I think they're opt to let him free instead of putting him away. And you're doing this based on nothing, yep. just hearing Fez talk. Yeah, it's amazing how how smart people get about. <laughs> trials. They just seem to know so much. Zerman's gonna walk free. I mean, everyone's making these things, but they didn't even realize that the jury hasn't even talked to each other yet. They haven't decided to put this case together yet. Some of this stuff is going to be forgotten, and some of this stuff that you don't even think is a big deal might be the thing that, you know, changes everything for them. 
Today was supposed to be, I don't know if they went ahead and did it or not, today was supposed to be an animation of how George Zimmerman described the struggle and the shooting. Why would there be an animation? What? I have no idea why that would be allowed in court. So, I mean, I guess to keep children interested. <laughs> Look, a cartoon. Uh, they should, you know what I would do if I was like the judge? I'd say, alright, we're gonna look at his animation. And then I would just put Despicable Me 2 up real fast. <laughs> and get a big laugh at it. I was, then I'd go, now nah, I'm just joking. Here's the real. Here's the murder. <laughs> Here, oh, here's the actual stuff. Why to see that? I think they just use like the South Park guys too, just, you know, go under budget. By the way, I think we should just start and call movie theaters the cartoon houses. <laughs> Because that's all people really want to see anymore. That's what makes money? Is how many block? How many? Uh, Gotta make that money. That fucking cash chatter. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Johnny Depp goes out there. He's Tonto. He fucking tanks terribly. Come on, give him a break. I wouldn't fucking turn my head if I saw him playing Tonto and I was walking by him. <laughs> really? Like a crazy shirt, giant, shirtless Johnny Depp dressed like an Indian? I'm like, holy shit, there's a fucking... Oh, wait, that's Johnny Depp. People are so happy he had a flop because they're just coming at him from everywhere. They're fucking killing They're coming him. over the fucking top rope. <laughs> um, speaking of your favorite subject, statutory rape. Yeah. Uh, arrested for statutory rape, having sex with two underage girls. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor Jr. Oh, oh God. <laughs> and, uh, that's not good. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's never good. No, no, it's too exactly bad you're not the supreme leader. <laughs> oh, boy, he's 31. Oh, jeez. Oh, LT. Oh, LTJ. LTJ. Ugh. That whole family. Oh, God. They like some young. That whole family. They find any other fucking paraphernalia there with them? Oh, Jesus Christ. They're saying how old the, the, the two girls are. How old? Two, or this, it just says two juvenile females. The fact that you laugh <laughs> about it makes me uncomfortable around you. You could, you could be totally comfortable around me. This is why I don't want Molly going to that fucking uh, stupid... Disco biscuits? Oh. Camp Bisco, bruh. And then people wrote to me all day that you guys were wrong about Mo. That that just came out of your own goddamn weirdness. Oh, have, uh, there's, there's Mo Down and Camp Bisco. Those two different jam bands that have festivals upstate around this time of year. Send a little Molly in real quick. Molly, please come to the studio. Let me know when it. Pop the Molly, I'll sweat. Pop the Molly, I'll Let me know when Oh, jeez. Did you talk to your parents and decide it's a bad idea to go? Um, no. <laughs> Is this my new theme music? I don't understand. I don't know where it came from. Pop Molly, I'm sweating. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, but the th whole thing now is I don't want her to be thought of as a drug man. <laughs> And all people are going to be looking for Molly, and she's going to be yelling, I'm here. Hey, excuse me. <laughs> that actually happens to me a lot. Oh, be please. No, I don't want to be surprised. Anybody seen Molly? <laughs> I'm like, right here, <laughs> oh, everyone. Oh, God. <laughs> How much? What? <laughs> 20 bucks for a tenth, right? Now, did you talk it over with your dad and decide not to go to that drugged up show? Uh, no, I didn't. But he thought that it was, like, um, really nice that you guys were so worried about me. I am concerned about you. 
and I really do not want you going. Does he know what happens show. at Camp Bisco? I don't think so. <laughs> if he did, he would not be letting you go. It's a fucking drug festival is what it is. And uh, Disco Biscuits are just one drugged out band. They sounded kind of nice yesterday. We I know from experience, dude. <laughs> You never take any drugs, right? No. What about what about you, Classic Shelp? You take the drugs? Uh, if we're uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> what drugs? I blaze it up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Classic All right. Shelp. Yeah. Loving your herb. Anything stronger? Uh no. I usually just stick to that. Yeah. Mm. Never got on the horse. <laughs> back some oxies? Yeah. What's the horse? It's a little heroin. I oh. like to go back. I like to go old school for everybody. Yeah. I like to bring the whole fucking Miles Davis Coltrane thing back. Your dad don't understand what I'm talking about with that. It's probably all of his albums, right? Yeah. Nice. I listened to a little John Coltrane from my dad. And now you're going to this shitty goddamn disco biscuit <laughs> show. I'm exposing myself to a new genre. Mm, that's nice, but I, I don't want you saying you're exposing yourself. <laughs> You're too nice of a girl. You're seriously too nice of a girl. Since we have that unmasked today, I mean, we'll probably not be able to, like, start interviewing replacements until tomorrow. Oh, don't probably. even joke around about that. Oh, God, if she ends up missing, like one of those girls missing. It, at festivals, happens all the time. People just disappear. It's never to be seen again. Um, well, if I have to go on CNN, I'll keep using her name to let her captors know <laughs> that she is love. And we think of her as a person. That's so smart. Thanks, guys. Um, here's uh, Doug. He's got a breaking news story for us. A spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Doug, go ahead, buddy. Hey, guys. Uh, Edward Snowden accepted asylum in Venezuela. In Venezuela? Hmm. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Um, How many years? What's the deal worth? <laughs> See, here's the deal on him. Most people have turned on him. Some people thought, oh, good whistleblower. Now people are very angry with him. I don't think that you can be a whistleblower and running from the law at the same time. I think you have to do the Martin Luther King, Gandhi thing, the Mandela thing of, look, this is wrong. Put me on trial. And I want to see your corrupt society fucking, you know, take me down Why I explain to you why it's wrong. I think he'd be a hero then. Well, it, it, it looks fishy because it also lends to the theory that he's like a fucking Chinese agent or whatever. Because he shows up in Hong Kong and releases the fucking thing. And then lives Hong in Kong and everybody can go to Hong Kong. This whole agent thing. I think, I think he's working I mean, if you were an agent, the worst thing you could do is... Uh, is go out of your way to say, uh, here's a, guess what, I'm an agent. You know, there's no real James Bonds where you go around using your real name, being James Bond. Uh, coming up at 12.30 today, we're going to have a very famous uh, writer back on the show, Chuck Klosterman. Nice. And he just wrote a book, uh, I Wear the Black Hat, about villains. Do you think of Snowden hero or villain? Uh, currently, he's he's a hero right now. 
He's a hero for releasing the information about the NSA in prison. Let me check with the, the young kids. What do you think, Shelps? Definitely a hero. And there's that other guy, like that soldier, like you said, yeah. needs to go on trial, but and there's that other guy. like The WikiLeaks guy? No, the guy yeah, who... Yeah. The oh. guy who first broke the thing that they gave 25 years to or whatever. Yeah. Bradley Manning. Yeah, it's probably why Snowden's run... There he is. He's always got Killing the name. Killing it, Fizz. He's always got the name. Google Brain. Uh, where do you put Snowden? Here I put village. Snowden on the hero track. Wow. I know that's probably surprising to a lot of you, but I, st I think that... I don't think he's a villain, so then by default, I guess he's a hero. Um, but I think that... I agree with what you're saying that it, like it seems sketchy that he just like you can't go in the run like this. The it looks it looks bad, you know. Yeah, it looks bad. It makes him look like he knows that he did something wrong, or like maybe that there's something that he did that he's not telling everyone about, and he's trying to like run away from that. But it really ended up being about him now, instead of the stuff that he was leaking. Yeah. It's like here's yeah. what we think of him. All right, I'm gonna go over to Google Brain and say. Whether it's a hero or a zero, does he wear the white hat or the black hat? Eric Snowden, Fez Watley. He wears the black hat. Ooh. Villains. Yeah. Yeah. It's this. What the NSA was doing, agree with it or not, stopped, from what I understand, 50 terrorist attacks, including Times Square, being uh, blown up. This guy just completely exposes us and takes off. Yeah, but. Why would that even, you know, th those things may or may not be true and they should be, you know, looked at. Uh, but there's also a price of safety at the same time. And it's something that the American people should be involved in talking about. Do you want to be spied on? Does it matter to you? To a lot of people, it doesn't. They're already Instagramming and fucking Facebooking and all that kind of shit. I definitely am in a, in a different generation of that, where I don't go putting all my personal fucking pictures online. Mm. But maybe because I worked in radio, I'm like, I would like a little private space, if you don't mind. Where these other people are just like, here's my babies, here's my kids. I leave them alone at night if anybody wants to swing by. <laughs> I just find it crazy. How open most people are. Well, people love it. Between Facebook, Vine, Instagram, Twitter, you know, you you'll literally know where everyone's. Some day. people are on everything. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, they're all doing the same thing. When I see Jennifer Hutt, just like, uh, here's a close up of my breast as I <laughs> fucking walk on this treadmill, and here's uh, here's what my blood sugar is today. <laughs> uh, there's no privacy for her. It's weird. Well, it's this website, pleaserobme.com. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> Don't sign up for it. We'll, 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 we'll go through people's shit to, to say, all right, this person's at Starbucks right now because they'll sign with Foursquare or whatever at that at that time. And then they'll like, oh, they're not home. They'll find their fucking house. Foursquare is still around? Yeah, not very popular because like Facebook and Instagram, I think, integrated what Foursquare did, which is just sign in places, but people still use Foursquare. Well, a lot of those, like, I know Instagram uses Foursquare as a means through which people can, like, check in. Like, they, they're still using whatever, like, algorithm. Do you, you want to check in with your friends? No, I don't check in, but if I post, like, something to Instagram and I, like, want people to know where that photo was taken, then mm -hmm. I'll do the Foursquare thing with that. I'm going to start and follow you because I want to see what all your breakfasts look like. <laughs> I don't take Look, here <laughs> I'm having does. pancakes today. That's my juicy juice. Is that eggs benedict? Shit. Um, 
Hicks, you ought to start something just called the Daily Stool, where if people want to see... Looks like this one's pretty solid, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to try to break it up with a stick, and I'll get some big piece for it. I, I, I find people to be insane with it. Yeah, some people really are insane. Just like no filters whatsoever. And, the, and you know, they were saying that not only with this NSA stuff, but they were actually spying on the president before. They were fucking spying on the president. Which means the president isn't even in charge of this shit. Yeah, who is the only one that's not being spied on? The puppeteer. Yeah, who is the puppeteer? We never, we know that there are people out there doing that shit. Shadow government. Freemasons. <laughs> They're all that? too elderly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, have you ever seen those guys? They're just really old. I met a young Mason. It's fucking really weird. He won't tell me anything about it. I met a young Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's the gayest thing I've ever heard you say. I met a young... And you're the gayest person on this show. Oh, Jesus. I, know, I, don't, I don't suck no dicks, though. That, or that's, take any dicks. Even, even though that's true, yeah. you could still be the gayest person on this show. That haircut would kill in the village. Okay. Thank you. Uh, how about a giant thick mustache? Would that help repel them away? <laughs> and today on the Daily Stool. I ate some fucking seafood last night, so oh, it's going to be like. Where did you see some food from? Diner. Were you over there? <laughs> That's a mistake. Eating out of the fucking. That's like the one rule. <laughs> there Not are no scared. rules, Molly, where I fucking yeah, live. There are. In a diner, eat diner food. Uh, and when you, the bigger the menu, the worse the food is going to be. So when you get yeah. the giant menu, like mm -hmm. a phone book, go, yeah. okay, now where are the sandwiches? <laughs> because it's the only thing you can really pull off here. Sometimes you're just in the mood, you know? No. Delicious seafood. Then go to a seafood restaurant. Come on. Look at this. This is, this is the diary. This, I'm still going. This is the entire fucking menu. Wow. Seriously. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So Chuck Klosterman coming up in a little bit. Uh, one of the things he gives out his villain um, rock bands, just rock bands, <laughs> and they're all the standards. They're pretty much what you would probably uh, put down as yours. Uh, is there a band that you absolutely hate? Chris? Coldplay. I'd say Coldplay would. Now be why Coldplay? I just I'm not a fan of Chris Martin. I'm not a fan of the music. Uh, even thought, Yellow. Think, even the song yes, Yellow. Yes, even Yellow. I feel it's like <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of it. The scientist? No, none of it. It's like Radiohead without the soul or fucking coolness or fucking. So that's what we end up hating bands is lack of soul. I feel I think that's that's a reason to hate a band, yeah. And fucking I, I feel nothing when I'm listening to the Coldplay. Or maybe you feel so much that it's overwhelming. <laughs> Do you ever hate a band? I cannot Stand the cold play. I mean, I mean, shit. Um, Radiohead. Actually. Oh, oh wow. I love it. Yeah, I know. ACDC, they're fucking revolutionary. Rocking out. No. Now, what is your hate for cold uh, for Radiohead? I just think this just sounds so whiny and yeah. contrived. No. Wait, wait, wait. Radiohead's contrived. They're fucking revolutionary in what they're fucking in doing. What they way? were the fucking great, the best band in the fucking 2000s. If you listen to MDs yet. Okay, computer. The fucking Benz. If you listen to any of these things, are you just fucking stuck in Led Zeppelin ACDC land? <laughs> why, so why get personal with it? Because he's fucking personally attacking Radiohead because I brought up Radiohead for Coldplay. All right, Molly, who do you hate? I don't really have a, a least favorite. I would say Nickelback, but I That fits into your generations. <laughs> the hate people have for that band. Uh, but it, 
See, the most hated bands also seem to be the most loved by their core audience. You know fish, what I mean? Fish gets it all the time. I fucking love fish. Fish, and get, they get, fish get a lot of hate. Killed by everyone. It's just whatever. I know they've But see, here's the them. thing. Hate means that you would think that that band is successful, maybe even so successful, out of proportion successful. That's where the hate comes from. Yeah, that's how I feel about Coldplay. I'm like, Why is Although so there's a garage band down the street from me that I despise. <laughs> where do these guys get off? They still get too, they're still too popular. <laughs> in my opinion, they are, because I saw some kids outside in the, in the backyard <laughs> listening to them. So it's weird how that happens. Uh, the uh, the most hated band, John Mayer, is <laughs> hated by everybody who doesn't love John Mayer. Not a fan, John. Mayer. Um, what is the other band? Oh, the Ants uh, band. The Ants go marching. Oh, band. Dave Matthews band. Dave DMV. Matthews band. The people that love him adore them, and then the people on the outside hate. I will say Ants Marching's. I, I I don't hate Dave Matthews Band. Not the biggest fan, but look, Ants Marching's a great song. Yes, it's their hit. It's their radio <laughs> hit, and that's why you like it, Hitty. Top forty. When this is this is great time for. Top right, let 40. me check with Pips because you never know. With Pips, there's a lot of emotion under that hard candy shell. <laughs> <laughs> and some of it very conservative, oddly conservative. He's like a two and all. For a <laughs> what a callback! By the way, I do consider callbacks the exact opposite of humor. Um, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Here's a reference from earlier. It's really right up there with wordplay. About an hour ago. I always just my fucking worst thing is when someone just tears something else, the other headline out. Like, well, maybe they'll start dating, and then they fucking throw in who's ever name. Okay, what band do you hate? There's, well, you guys already said John Mayer, but um, I have to go with Usher. What? And yeah, not the reason you think. I used to date this girl whose ex-boyfriend looked like Usher, and he was an asshole, so I okay. just hated Usher. Every time I see Usher, I just get this angry feeling inside still, even though that was back in, like, 2003. Still, she picked him over you. Well, so, no, I, she, I got her after him, but he would come by my store where I worked and just start shit with me because I was the new guy. All right. Weird. Uh, that's the oddest reason to hate <laughs> a performer ever. You don't like, yeah, with fucking little John? Come on. How about, there goes my baby. That's the jam. Uh, I, I'm not an Usher fan because I've already seen Michael Jackson <laughs> do the same act, only better. So I don't get the fact, I cannot understand that dance has not moved ahead now in 25 years. It's still the flying V. It's still the main guy with the, with the dancers all behind him in the V. And they just keep coming at us. I'm like, this is the same fucking thing. The same thing. And there's nothing but dance shows doing that. Just dance troops. Just yeah. Fucking battling against each other. I don't know. I'll just yell out Flying V every time I see one. <laughs> it's like a flock of birds, isn't it? Dancing birds. It's weird how you can fucking hate a band. And then normally uh, you come to a certain point of your life where you're like, well, that didn't make any sense. I've spent a lot of... See, this... Uh, it also comes up in Closeman's book that you actually will hate music more than you will like it. Like, you will actually have bands that you hate 
more than bands that you absolutely love. Like Mumford and Sons. <laughs> Do you hate them? Yeah, that's why I brought them up. But they have like you're such a fucking little creep, dude. You seriously are. Your fucking distaste for women is so on the surface. You act like you two have been married for twenty five years. There's no reason for you to treat her that way. All right, go ahead. What's your mom for the sense? We have like, like ten mandolins. Yeah, and like they just win every Grammy, and we're like every song sounds the same. We're supposed to like. And he's got a beautiful wife. He's got that movie star wife. What was that chick's name? Oh, it was in Car there. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, Carrie. He got the Carrie Mulligan. I don't know whether Mumford got her or one of the sons. I can't tell <laughs> who Mumford. they all are. But they they see. I always have to be uh, careful about that kind of shit because they come in here, yeah. you know. So I don't ever know. They're like, hey, Mumford and Sons, you got to, you know, we really need you to take them tomorrow. <laughs> I'll just be like, this fucking kid hates you guys. You talk so much shit. You guys want to <laughs> He hates you like you were all women. <laughs> Isn't it strange, though, how, and I, but I, I saw those guys so uncomfortable. We were doing an unmasked with. Ugly? Yeah, D.L. Ugly. And he's like. Is that Mumford's and Sons? I got a story for them. As we're walking, as people were applauding, he wanted to go into this other studio and tell these guys some story about their song and how he connected. And they had looks on their faces as if he was holding a gun on them. <laughs> they looked so fucking, they looked so weirded out by it. And he was just holding court. He wasn't there to ask questions. He just barged in and fucking. <laughs> he was there to give out facts. Now, <laughs> ten years later, I'm driving down. And he's telling this long fucking story. I think he might have even retold it as we started because I couldn't start the unmask because I was laughing too much at the uncomfortable Mumford and Sons moment we just had. Um, here is uh, Bill. You're on the Run of Fez show. I just, I'm not sure why. The only thing, the only reason I can figure out is I hate Weezer because of their fans. Oh. People that tell me they like Weezer, I can't fucking stand. Oh. And it's the same type of people that hate Van Halen for no reason. Well, that's me. I love Weezer and I hate Van Halen. You don't even like classic Van Halen? I'm just never a fan. I guess I don't hate them, I'm just never a fan of them. I, just, I was never a fan of Van Halen. I See, I thought that they should have changed their name when they got Sammy Hagar. I'm like, you know, now you're in a, another fucking zone, boys. <laughs> they don't even perform those songs anymore, right? If they right there, right. who's going to sing them? <laughs> Dave? Yeah. Mm. He struggles. But there's a lot of hate for Weezer because I don't know because this is Rivers Cuomo just became obsessed with writing pop songs. Like Beverly Hills came out, and that was not that wasn't good. a pop song. It was like a fluke. It, it wasn't like written to no, but be he, a like, pop song. No, Rivers Cuomo is obsessed with writing pop songs, like popular pop songs, like, oh. like top 40 pop songs. He wants to fucking, he's obsessed with it. Well, doesn't every artist want to have like a hit? But yeah, he was overly so. Like he got, they got, he got ridiculous amount of recognition after the first Weezer album, and they were just, they were just guys fucking playing music, rock music, in fucking L.A. And then, you know, after he got famous, he kind of went cool crazy. You seem like you know too much about Weezer. <laughs> I mean, you know a girl's amount about Weezer. Those first two albums were fucking amazing. And I fucking tell, I dare anyone to say otherwise. But here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with writing a pop song if it's the right kind of pop song. Well, that first album, there was pop songs in there that were fucking incredibly good. But I think him becoming obsessed with it 
hurt the fucking You don't music. think that if you have, like, the sweater thing, it gets a little annoying to people? I, like, you're singing a song about a sweater. I love, I love that, that. Me too. <laughs> I don't think they're really broke until Beverly Hills. I think they're just kind of close. <laughs> I don't know. Really I caught on during Pinkerton. That's where I... That's how hip I am. I bought the album No One Likes. And then I loved it. And everyone goes back like that was the masterpiece. <laughs> well, he cried himself. Yeah. Um, here is... Uh, Here's Paul. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah. Uh, no doubt, without a doubt, um, build themselves as a ska band. The whole time they were called the ska band, they're a complete insult to the true ska bands from the '60s and '70s. Uh, just can't well, they weren't a '60s and '70s ska band. They were coming out of it a different way, but you know, they were part of that scene. You know, it wasn't until they got really popular that people had heat with them. And their lead singer is, of course, gorgeous. I think her going, uh, her solo work is fucking hurt the image of No Doubt. I think that's what happened with like the banana song, whenever people were like, why do we even like this in the first place? She's but, so shitty by herself. Or whatever. Uh, back girl? Hey, Ron. She ain't no hollaback girl. That's the truth about her. <laughs> uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, compared to bands like from England, like the Specials, Bad Manners, I mean, it's just... Yeah, but they weren't part of that generation. They were part of that next generation. But here's my point. All right, people hate No Doubt, but nobody hates Real Big Fish because they didn't get overly popular. Yeah, they weren't crossover. That's what people... Oh, no, you won't go to a party. Do who I despise? Save Ferris. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Sticks. You know? But you will hear the No Doubt. But I guarantee you, if Save Ferris had another six or seven hits, you'd run into people who tell you they hate them. That's a big, and that's the thing about Weezer. People decided this band is popular out of proportion to what they put into it. It's what you probably hate about Van Halen, is that you weren't a fan, no. and yet forced to hear quite a bit of Van Halen God. by owning a radio. <laughs> That's the bands that people end up getting mad at. Uh, bon Jovi's like that, too, I'd say. I'm not a fucking Bon Jovi fan, but it's constantly... Why? You wear your hair like him now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a coincidence. Coming up a little later on in the show, we are uh, putting up the grilling uh, pictures. Uh, they're actually all too good. Uh, here's Jack. You're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, that's uh, the Margaritaville douche. Mm. Jimmy. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Buffett. My wife uh, once dragged me to one of his concerts. Seeing all these people with doing the fucking fins to the left move. I just They're called parrot heads, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, the, the, the douche chills were, were out of control. And I just would rather punch myself in the dick a thousand times. Well, that's the thing so, that I think, like, you and people will tend to hate this about a lot of bands. Jimmy Buffett looked at the Deadheads and thought to himself, hey, how can we turn this into a business? And how can we take the fact that people like some of my early songs and turn that into a restaurant chain or a beer thing? I mean, that it, I think you get a little bummed out when you see the business of the music business. He's a fucking great businessman, obviously. He's worth, what, a couple hundred million dollars or something? Like, it's ridiculous. It's it's depressing. It's just fucking cheap. He has a song, Why Don't We Get Drunk? 
<laughs> yeah, it's true though. I mean, I, it's I, a good I, point I, though. I thought it and said it, but the fuck, you're running successful. Like, if you're ambitious, you can't be caught doing it. The first unmasked. I don't want to say who the person was, mainly because I can't remember his name. But he brought up that that he sold more hats than anyone else touring the year before. And everybody was just like, Ugh. Yeah. you know what I mean? Because why don't you go in the hat business? <laughs> you know, comedy is supposed to be somewhat of an art form. Carlos. <laughs> go out and sell hats. Because you can tell he's a good businessman. He's a hustler. He wants the, you know, he wants his business to go do good. You don't want to catch people. Now, Chuck Klosterman uh, hates the Eagles. So I want to make sure we bring him in with Take It Easy. Okay. Just, you know, get him in the right frame of mind here. In case he's running down the road trying to loosen his load. It's weird when you hear people who will base sometimes, you know, 20, 30 years of hate on a band. Yeah, it just seems like kind of an unnecessary, like, energy channel. Why... Just like actively hate bands. Yeah, what do you get out of it? You know? And why are they such. Why are they so disturbing to you? Does that mean that because your, your kind of music hasn't won? You know? You're not the popular kind of music, the music that you like. It certainly doesn't take away from the music that you like. And it's fucking weird because then once it gets too popular, then that's when, you know, people it's brought to people's attention enough to front them they hate it. Never happened to the Beatles. Uh. People still like the Beatles, even, you know, critics still like the Beatles, even though little girls and grandmothers like the Beatles. I, I can't think of anyone else that that's happened to. Jackson 5, maybe. Yeah, but they turned on Michael. Or maybe Michael Jackson. Michael, I think no. they turned on. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they peeked him out at Thrower, and after that, they're like, how can we kill this man? How can we slowly but surely kill this man? Yeah, he got beat up on history. That was the one that came out in 90 or whatever. I think it's his story. Oh, I always, <laughs> it was always history to I me. Know, but his story is history. Mm. Look at the way it's spelled. That but that's up. when he started making giant statues of himself. <laughs> he might have gotten a little heady with his success. <laughs> he might have gotten a little weird with it. Um, Gary, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, yeah, Ron, I know this makes me very unpopular, but I hate Led Zeppelin. And the reason why is everybody used to brag, oh, they're the greatest. Jimmy Page is the greatest. Robert Plant. But then back in the 70s, you go see them in concert. Robert Plant couldn't sing without all the reverb and all the back stuff. And, and a lot of truth. But here's the other thing. When they started, radio stations started getting the lead out every night. There's bound to be a backlash. Mandatory Metallica. I wonder if you could go back and check. That's when people started to get really mad at the band. On um, when they pulled a Chris Stanley and cut their hair short. <laughs> hey, I think it looked good on them. Really? Because my new nickname for you is Sellatica. Oh, fuck. Because you sell out all the time. Um, Dave, you're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Ron, I think you, you, you hit the nail right on the head today with, you know, the bands you hate being the ones that you're forced to listen to over and over again. 
And in my case, uh, growing up, a lot of that fucking Eagles Greatest Hits uh, cassette tape. Eagles Greatest Hits was one of the biggest selling albums. Uh, That and Thriller, the two biggest selling albums of all time. People argue which sold more. And I think they put out a Greatest Hits album after only like three albums. (laughs) Like their fourth (laughs) album was a Greatest Hits album. And then it sold a trillion copies. So, yeah, you've heard the Eagles your entire life if you live on the planet Earth. There's no getting away from the Eagles. They're just there. I like them. But most people, I guess, do to some degree. I mean, if you sat around, even if you said you hate the Eagles, but you were in a contest, how many Eagles songs can you fucking name? You could probably do 20, even if you despise them. After four albums, they released Greatest Hits, 71 and 75. 29 times platinum. It's a lot of times. Just in the U.S. alone. 20 times platinum in Canada. Really went fucking big in North Korea, too. Oddly, no one can even understand why. <laughs> but they're going out now. They're all in their 60s and doing a, a world tour that they cannot find big enough venues for. They cannot... They're thinking about doing one of the shows in Utah. Just all you have to pay as you're getting into Utah. Astounding. I don't. It's never an Eagles fan. I don't know. They're a massive band, though. Massive. Do you think that th- that would be? I feel like I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like critic critics like the Eagles and grandmothers and little girls. No. Critics despise the Eagles. You'll know someone's a rock critic when they tell you how much they hate the Eagles. Uh, And not only that, but the Eagles are one of those bands that would say, we hate critics and fuck the critics. Them and Billy Joel will actually stand (laughs) up. Billy Joel would actually fucking take reviews and rip them up on stage while his audience went crazy. Um, Here is... Jeff, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Uh, two things. First of all, th- did you guys see that Eagles documentary on Showtime? Yeah, I've seen Where it. They, they came off like douchebags. They Good did. There's no doubt years. about it. And, they uh, they and, came and, off like douchebags. Total. And and the other biggest selling album is Back in Black after Thriller. Not the Eagles' greatest hit. You know, but here's the thing. If you work in radio, you will have heard this a million times. The record companies have lied so many times about album sales, where at Thriller they actually said sold a hundred million, and yet you won't find anyone that has any records of that. Back in Black is one of it. The Meatloaf album is another one that supposedly sold, you know, ridiculous amounts. Uh, but yeah, no one really knows the fucking sales of these albums. I don't know why. Oh, I know why. Because the record companies were always scumbag fucking pirates. Mafia bastards. You never know what exactly... You would think you'd be able to get exact figures for this. No. I guess everyone lost a bunch of receipts. Yeah, I don't know how it happens. Um, Here's Jordan. You're on the Run of Fez show. You two sucks balls. Now... You say that as if it were a fact instead of an opinion. <laughs> oh, they're fucking horrible. Bono's a horrible singer. The Edge can't fucking play guitar. And they're like the biggest band ever. They suck. They're a gigantic band. But you have to also remember, being in a rock and roll band does not have to do with how well you can sing or how well you can play your instruments. It just 
doesn't go by that. I saw them in concert and it was awesome. Like, I don't really like their music that much. I'm kind of agreeing with, was it Jeff? Yeah, it was Jeff. I, but you got caught up in the hysteria, in the U2 hysteria. Yeah, it was just really fun. Like, the, the stage effects were cool and everyone was having a great time. It was just really fun. The stage, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I like bands that like don't need like a giant stage to like make their show great. Like, isn't the best, like bands, the ones that can just come out and play, like they could have like a spaceship. They needed to like build it like ahead of time. Yeah, and, guess like, what? I saw P Funk come out of a spaceship. It was one of the greatest <laughs> nights of my life. I'm, I'm not even making that up. The fucking mothership landed and I'm like, let's go. And that was really a funky, soulful night. I saw you two when they first really broke big, and an entire stadium went out singing the last song. Through the parking lot, they're still singing 40. It was a very moving fucking thing. Uh, but I can understand why people go, they're just too big for me to like. People hate hated Pink Floyd. It's fantastic fucking stage show. Fantastic band. But I can understand why people are going, enough. Uh, and I, I had to jump off at a certain point, too. Yeah. Um, Doug, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. It's uh, Doug back from Minneapolis. I wanted to ask, what uh, is Fezzy doing right now since we're talking about music? Well, Fez was doing a little bit of giggling, and he held on. And now he's going at the check to see what time Chuck, Chuck Klosterman's coming in. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. He will always, he likes that part of it. Like, let me go check to make sure the guest is coming. Um, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. I uh, just wanted to tell you, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today about uh, record sales as it, as it pertains to club music. Like, uh, you know, like, I guess, like electronica and stuff like that. And um, it talks about how the sales, well, it, you know, they're on these billboard, on these charts, you know, these sales charts. But really, it doesn't have to do with sales at all, to a point you were mentioning a few minutes ago. It's just like, this is just a bunch of DJs, many of whom are not even popular, who just are, are sort of putting this music forward. Yeah, that definitely happens. That. And uh, it's, you know, it's actually even more calculated now than it used to be. You know, it's really weird. Is some bands, you'll find out they never are in that one giant album. I don't think the Rolling Stones have ever had one giant fucking selling album the way most of the bands that we're bringing up uh, do. When you say it's more calculated, do you mean like that there are just like more people in cahoots? Yeah, I'm saying now at least they, they're tracing it better than they used to. Right. Like even the whole way of being number one in Billboard up in the uh, in the year was some weird thing of, you know, how many times you got played on the radio, how many times you were played in Jupiter. Uh, this whole thing that just didn't even make sense. It was very very weird. It's always been a a pretty corrupt business, uh, right from you know the old days, like even in the 1920s. Um, here is um, here's Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Grateful Dead sucks. Oh. I've seen some great fucking dead shows, and there's really great music. And I, Songwriting. Uh, and, yeah, a lot of this, well, first of all, not every band is going to matter to everyone. But they. I think people do hate bands like Grateful Dead and Fish. That because there are some people that were only listen to that music, you know what I mean? It yeah. makes them hate them even more. Or they go to three hundred shows or whatever, and it's their life. Right. 
But again, I think a lot of it just has to do with that popularity. I've been in so many places where people would be yelling, do you realize Jerry Garcia is laughing at you? He's fucking rich, and you're fucking, you got nothing, and you follow him around like an idiot. You know, like, you know what, asshole? Fucking Jerry got him toward to keep all those fucking people in goddamn business. So get off his fucking dick. You know a lot of inside stuff about your favorite bands. <laughs> He's one. You're like uh, you're like a gossip girl sometimes. Do you play trivia a lot? No. You should, man. The brain really don't work should. that fast. Fez and Pepper would be a dream team at trivia. Because Fez has got the name, and you've got like the background info. The nice. weird thing is Fez has the name for a lot of stuff that he's not even fans of. Oh, you know why? He reads a lot of People magazine. Yeah. And I always see him doing those little... Uh, Sudoku? <laughs> yeah, I think he does a Sudoku and Crossroads off of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those are tough. I remember one night, though, me, Earl... Fez and Dave just held court over a trivia machine in a bar. Oh, nice. Oh, the touchscreen ones? <laughs> yeah, between yeah. the four of us, we would never, our team never missed a question for like hours. That's awesome. Just fucking dominate And then people, shit. we were supposed to be there meeting listeners, and people would come over and we'd go, Shut up! <laughs> Very fucking important! <laughs> Carol King! Carol King! Hit it! Hit it! Best you hit, the more points you get. Um... Zach, you're on the Run of Fez show. Zach. Yeah. Yeah, what's up, buddy? I, I, I cannot, uh, actually, he's got a talented band, great songwriter, but I cannot listen to Bruce Springsteen, man. His voice just great on me. So it's just the voice for you? Yeah, it's just the voice, and I, Neil Young's the same way. I understand he's a <sighs> great songwriter, but I, his voice just really, I cannot take it. <laughs> then you would love American Idol. Squiz yeah, but I'm down, down, not really that. Yeah, uh, you that's know, what you—you you like a, a a voice that isn't pitchy. I wear the black hat, grappling with villains, real and imagined. Let's bring in Chuck Klosterman. I wear the black hat grappling with villains, real and imagined. Cl Chuck Klosterman is in studio with us. And this, I consider your theme song now. Take it easy. That is to uh, used to be Supernaut by Black Sabbath, so uh, this is fine. I'm no longer traveling through time on acid, so uh, now I'll just, I'll just ride down the highway. Uh, this is, a, this is a, a, a band that you considered, at least some point in your life, to be villains, the Eagles. Yeah, well, you know, I use the term, in this book, I use the term villainy. You know, pretty you know, kind of a wide swap. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because uh, there, you you could argue that there's like a, a you know, a villain has to have these certain specific literary qualities. I don't really do that. I just basically talk about things that. And talk about you know both real and, and fictional ideas that are perceived at least from a mediated culture as problematic. And as a rock critic, uh, 
the idea of hating the Eagles was almost central to the job. <laughs> now, I mean, I know that seems that's something of an exaggeration, but if you found someone who liked the Eagles, it was almost like they were being a contrarian on purpose. And what I at some point realized, I guess this is about 2003, I realized that the reasons I had issues with the Eagles had almost nothing to do with their music. And that was a kind of a an awkward thing to, to realize, you know, and, and a lot of what this book is, is basically looking at the idea of bad people in, in a sympathetic or marginally empathetic way. And one of the reasons why you bring that up, uh, because your editor said to you that maybe you are concerned that you're a villain. Well, I, I am. I mean, in in the sense that I use the term villain, that is true. I mean, I I feel, you know, now I'm 41. The, the world is much more confusing to me than it was when I was, say, 21. And I question my own motives for things. And I think that so much of, if we're going to make these pronouncements about whether or not people are good or bad, it does seem like intent and motive is kind of everything. Mm -hmm. And particularly with movies or comedy, TV, we think that our opinion is dead on. Most people will say, if they say to you, you two sucks, they actually mean it. They don't even think this is a debatable fact, you know? Well, yes. I mean, although sometimes I think when, if someone were to argue that, you know, you two sucks or mm -hmm. whatever, um, they're not really saying, ah, you know, the edge can't play guitar. Right. Or they're not saying, like, those guys are terrible songwriters or they're, you know, the, the production on Octune Baby is awful. What they're really saying is, I'm the kind of person who hates you too. And I'm saying I hate that so you know this. That it's not so much my relationship to the records. It's that I want you to understand something about me. That was a big thing with this, this issue I had with the Eagles. I, I now, it seems very obvious to me that it was important to me to be the kind of person person who hated the Eagles. You know, I saw the Big Lebowski, and I loved the character of the dude. When he talks about hating the Eagles, that made me so happy. I was sort of like, this is the kind of person I want to be like. I want to be like, I guess, this bearded, stoned, lazy person who, like, you know, just drinks all day and bowls. So I was like, this is great. This is great. You know, it, it galvanized and validates my issue with this band. Um, and I don't know if I can feel that way anymore. Mm. You know? Did you see the documentary about them? I did. They make them. They make themselves easy to hate. They're still well, good at that. Okay, you that's know? true. That's true. But you know, uh, okay. There's you know, Glenn Fry says stuff in right. the Showtime documentary that you'd be like, "What a jerk!" Right. You know what? Part of me is also think thinks it's cool that you know, when he talks about the Eagles uh, reunion, his thing is. First thing I said up front is like, me and Glenn Frey get more money. We're not doing it unless we get more money. Now, of course, that makes him unlikable. But would it be better if he felt that way and never said it? Right. You know, in some ways, the Eagles are so, uh, are, are they come across as so unlikable because they don't seem concerned over the things that an artist is supposed to be concerned exactly they sound like businessmen yeah. sometimes they sound like businessmen and, and they are they're businessmen right. in the business of music um you know uh i i think that that it, one of the weirdest things about american culture and you know i would guess this is probably world culture is is how everybody wants reality and they want authenticity and as soon as they get it they're like i can't believe right. this person said that you right know? and i i, I kind of grapple with this all the time it's like i want to be i want my writing to be as honest as possible although 
if you're really honest, you're going to kind of expose how immoral every person is sure. to some degree. Yeah. yeah, and we don't want to believe that. I think that's why we want to suppress speech, because a lot of thoughts are bad. But are you better off to hear someone say, oh, I hate blacks and Jews, and then you know who that person is, you know what I mean? Or would it be better if he kept that thought to himself and no one knows who it well, is. Well, you know, with that, I, there's kind of, I mean, that's a very direct way of dealing with it, but mm -hmm. I talk about, you know, very that very interesting period from, say, oh, 1986 or 87 to 1993 or 94, when the idea of political correctness was really a central issue in America. People don't really talk about that anymore. Mm -hmm. It seems kind of archaic, like you're, like you bring that up, you seem like you're either, you know, in academia or you're just hard right in some way. But, you know, that was such a big deal. And that, what you're talking about is sort of that central question. If something is offensive to a person, does that make it collectively offensive? And do we need to worry about um, the way people react to a statement as much as the content of the statement itself? Mm. Now, as someone who does what you do, I'm pretty sure I know what your right. views on this are. But it's a, I, you know, over time, I mean, the people who were the hardcore kind of politically correct police, I feel like they did probably win. Sure. That 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 they now changed, we, we have the word N word or whatever that we do, and you they, know, and they they change the culture in a way now where you know if you're certainly in any office you can be fired for speaking casually or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, on balance, is that good or bad? I guess the freedom that was lost is not that central to the experience of being alive. It's still silly. The idea of that movement still bothers me sort of in the abstract. But I think over time, you know, it's like, is it so important? Okay, I went to the University of North Dakota, uh, and the nickname of the team is the Fighting Sioux. Mm -hmm. And and this, of course, is a big issue because, you know, it's like Native Americans. Uh, any Same with the Washington Redskins. Sure. This you know, and when I was in college, I was very much against the idea of changing the nickname. And now as I've grown older, I, I guess I... I I do find myself wondering, it's it's such an unimportant thing, the name of a football team or the name of a hockey team. If it's upsetting a hundred people, is it really worth upsetting a hundred people just so there can be this tradition? I don't know. I mean, like, what? How how do you feel about like the Washington Redskins nickname? What would you? What would be your reaction to the idea of people who say the Redskins need to change their name? Well, I, I do think that they are going to change their name eventually, don't you? I mean, I yes. think we're at the point where that will happen. But really, when it comes down to being offended, I think being offended is good. Sometimes I think mm -hmm. most of us uh, are better off when we know. What offends us? Uh, that sometimes it's good for you if you're a liberal, just put on Fox News, watch it for a while, listen to Rush Limbaugh for a while, and that'll help you think about the things that you need to think about. So I think being offended can be very strong. Yeah, well, I, that's I, I think that's a good argument. I mean, the Redskins are, I think, a particularly interesting aspect because unlike other kind of epithets, if you go up to someone on the street, just a random person, and you say. What do you think about the Redskins? Their reaction is going to be like, 
uh, you know, I don't follow football, right. or I, I really like RG3 or whatever. Yeah. They now associate that term more with football than with the Native American people. It, like, you don't, sure. you don't hear that term used as a derogatory term that much. Yeah. It still is. I'm not, I'm not somehow saying it is not a derogatory term, but that term is now culturally more associated with a football team than anything else. You know, it, it, it's, it's not like calling a team like the Catholics or something like right. that. You know, so. Although we do have the Fighting Irish, mm-hmm. and no one's offended by that. Irish people don't seem to be offended by the term fighting Irish. Yeah, that that has they seem to be proud of it. Yeah. But, you know, but the difference also is, I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't as, you know, it might be different if North America had been populated with millions of Irish people <laughs> and then we came here and killed them all with blankets yeah. and you know, and they slaughtered them all and now go like, "Ah, now we, you know, tribute to you." I mean, you know, like the Irish, they're sort of like, you know, they're 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 too busy hating the British. And they're like, "I'm glad that we're recognized as being fighters," you know. <laughs> um, but you you bring up uh, some stuff about dice, and I think it's the suppression of speech is one of the things that helped dice become gigantic. Oh, absolutely. Because you had people go, dice is going to go out and say stuff that pisses people off, and I'm going to be there, too, because I like to piss people off. Well, I mean, off. to me, that that's, you know, people talk about the coarsening of culture, and that mm. is I think that is a real thing. You know, it's 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 maybe overrated at times, but I think the culture is getting coarser. The two exceptions to that are stand-up comedy and rap music. Because at the height of the political correctness movement in the early 90s, it was Andrew Dice Clay and Two Live Crew. And there mm. have been no artists who have been more overtly profane than those people in those respective idioms. I mean, you know, they would basically go out and just, you know have nursery rhymes that said like fucking cunt all the time that's all it was it wasn't it didn't even you know it it really wasn't subversive it was just like these this language is being suppressed so we're going to throw it back at you Mm -hmm. that did push Andrew Dice Clay's popularity to a height that really no comedian not Steve Martin not Eddie Murphy no one had really achieved but He's also the fall guy for the success of the political correctness movement. Someone had to be the person who sort of is eliminated from the culture, and he was that guy. Now, he's had somewhat of a comeback. He was on Entourage. He, he was in a, he's going to be in a Woody Allen film, you know. But he'll never be re-embraced the way most controversial figures typically are. Typically, if a comedian goes too far, you know, they're penalized in the present tense, and then later on, they're rediscovered as being very important. You know, and I don't think that's going to happen with Henry Dice Clay. It does not seem like it's going to turn around for him. And the reasoning because the material itself doesn't stand up? or Well, the, I think that, that you know, it's a, a few things, and some of them are his fault and some of them are not. One was that if you rely on language as the main thing about you that's funny, and I I mean, like the like the like the, the rawness of the language. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to hold up over time. People are, you know, it's one thing if you know if Louis C.K. makes a joke about rape. He's also commenting on rape. Mm-hmm. Andrew Dice Clay wasn't commenting on sexuality that much, you know. So that was part of it. But another thing really was it was the timing. It was the timing of when his success happened, and his audience was so large. And I believe that a huge sector of his audience was perceived as being the kind of person who was only into this because they're against the idea of you know any kind of speech limitation. And when he disappeared. They didn't really go with him. Like, you just don't find many Andrew Dice Clay defenders in mm-hmm. this era, you know? And that's what you sort of need. You you know, when, when somebody like, oh, I'm trying to think of a good example, like Red Fox, for example. Like Red Fox was somebody who did really blue material, kind of disappeared for a while, 
And then you know, I think now if you bring up Red Fox, people are like, he was a genius. He was really important. Of course, the people who are saying that are sort of media intellectuals. Mm-hmm. That they're the people who are sort of you know, reappropriating his material. But that's not going to happen with Anardyce Clay. It just, I, I, and, and, you know, I try to write about this in the book. I don't really come to a sufficient answer, but I can sense it's not going to happen. Even Two Live Crew has sort of been reappreciated now. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, you because the ideas have to be there. I mean, you bring up the fact of Louis C.K. doing it on a couple of different levels. You could say that about Hicks, but I, I, uh, I'm talking about Bill Hicks. But I think Dice just went out to get one laugh into the next laugh. It was about being in that moment. Of whatever it was. Well, you know, you know, and, you know he's somebody playing, you know, NASA Coliseum two nights in a row, right. 18,000 people. I, I think that probably he became a little bit intoxicated by the degree of fame. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to say, like, okay, now I have this large audience, what can I do with this? What right. can I, it was sort of like, how can I continue to expand this? I don't want to lose this market share. You know, uh, somebody like Daniel Tosh now is sort of a controversial figure. Um, I think he is in an interesting position. He has a, a really large following among young people, um, mostly because he seems, you know, uh, edgier and is willing to make jokes about things other people aren't, and he understands technology. But for him, the question now is like, well, is he going to somehow use this to become a meaningful figure in the culture, or is he just going to try to hold on to this market share? And if he fails, people are going to bury him Mm -hmm. because, you know... Well, you bring up in the book, too, that progressive ideas always went out. Yes. In the end. And when we're talking about some of these people, it was probably the exact opposite of progressive yes. ideas. I mean, Andrew Dice K was a reactionary comic. I mean, right. you know, and that's that's who we appeal to. And and if you are, you know, when I, when I say that progressive ideas always win, I'm not even saying that I'm necessarily this forward-thinking progressive. When I look at history, though. You know, any sort of, you know, like the weathermen, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, the weathermen now have a very positive connotation in our culture. They yeah. are seen as the, you know, sort of maybe, you know, the most um, ideologically based intelligent extension of the 60s. Of course, at the time, they were a very polarizing fringe culture. But because their ideas were progressive, even though it involved, you know, bomb, you know, building bombs, sure. it, that, that's... That has been moved aside. They are now, you know, now people make documentaries called The Weathermen, and they come across as, like, super interesting, super sexy people. You know? Yeah. And at the time, they were considered the same as Manson. Yeah. But yes. uh, by a, at least a very large part of the population. So you think uh, that we will never look back on anyone who battles, let's say, against gay rights. If, if you look yes. at Rush Limbaugh 20 years from now, maybe he won't even be remembered. Maybe people won't go, oh, I just listen to him every day. I, I okay, well, you know, he is a, you know, his... He's, he's played, you know, a massive role in the shaping of like right-wing political thought over the last fifteen years. So it will really have a lot to do with the state of the Republican Party in the right. future. You know, like, um, but I, I don't think anybody who uh, I think the people who are uh, against gay rights now. They're definitely going to be the losers in the historical story. I mean, there's but, no question about it. Because the, we're moved, cause when you talk to a young person, yeah. you just don't find a person under the age of 25, yeah. very rarely, who thinks... 
that gay people shouldn't be allowed to marry. And that's eventually going to be the populace. Yeah, yeah because the Republican Party is more progressive than people think. They do adjust as the decades go by. You know, you don't see them going back and battling against all the civil rights things mm. still. You know, they go to round up, of course this is a good yeah. idea. Of course women should whatever vote. But be, So that does move along. So how they look back at people who try to hold on to the past, yeah. a lot of the times those people get, get left behind. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as I'm reading uh, the book, I, I Wear the Black Hat, the interesting thing is how many villains pop up in the news, uh, whether Snowden is a villain or a hero, all this stuff in the time since you've written the book. I it's know. A, it's a constant. Isn't oh, it? absolutely. I mean, there were, he, there, there's a guy who popped up in the time when the book was already finished. There were certain people I didn't write about because I felt they were still evolving. I, I, at one point, I was going to do an essay on Kanye West and LeBron James. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I just thought to myself, they're still like an active part of society. Like by the time this book comes out, every, you know, Kanye will have put a different record out. LeBron may or may not have won the NBA championship, you know. Um, it is, it's, a, it's, it's the, that's in some ways the toughest thing about book writing as opposed to any other kind of writing. I mean, you write for a newspaper or a magazine or a blog, you're writing about the present tense with the assumption that it will be read in the present tense. This book is coming out in the present tense, but it's also going to be read, in theory, 10 years from now. Sure. So, of course, the people and the characters are going to seem kind of dated, so you really have to find ideas that you know are stable. Yeah. You know that it doesn't matter, even if this person has kind of fallen off the map, that what I'm saying about them will still s seem relatively you know, relevant. And every chapter is kind of a kickoff to the conversation. You know, a person reading this book will then go, all right, I'm going to bring some of these ideas to you, and we'll kick them around mm. and see how we feel because they they are somewhat open-ended yeah i mean i'm not the kind of guy who tries to, to write an essay to persuade people to think like i do i'm mm -hmm. just not like that i know that's kind of antithetical to criticism but i'm interested in ideas and i'm still figuring them out as i write them right you know i i it is it is never my goal to have people think like me i think it would be really scary if that happened uh you talk a little bit on how a villain should handle the apology you get into uh, different things. What is, if you find yourself in the villain role, how do you handle it with the public? Well, you know, uh, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, deals in uh, basically crisis management. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was talking about something that happened to John McCain in the 80s. McCain was involved like, with the Keating Five. Right. Or, you know, and uh, at the time, it looked like he could actually lose a senatorial race in Arizona because of this. So he did a really smart thing. He said, I'm going to answer every possible question about this in one day in one spot. So he like, books a hotel room in Phoenix, and all the media comes in there. And he refused to leave until every journalist in the room left on their own. He just kept sitting there answering questions so there was finally one guy left and the guy's like well john i'm going back to my hotel room mm -hmm. and that really did sort of eradicate that controversy because nobody was in a position to sort of say like well he's he's ducking this or he's hiding from this the worst thing to do is sort of say i'm going to talk about this for 10 minutes and then i'm going to try to charm you and step away because that only that's like almost like picking a scab open mm -hmm. i mean if you want to if you've done something wrong first you have to establish you know did i do something wrong or is it being perceived as being something wrong if, if you really believe you've done nothing wrong then you should just say like well hey this is who i am and i believe this and you ask me about this, I'll say the same thing. But if you have done something wrong, the key is saying, 
I will be responsible for this, and I will wear you down with my apologies. I will still be explaining this after you leave. Mm -hmm. So why do you think sometimes we want to get involved in people's personal lives? Let's say someone cheats on their lover. Why has that become the business of the rest of us? Why, why is it up to us as a society that we need to judge? Well, I mean, if you use the word need, I can't. There's not really mm. a good answer to that. But like, you know, I write about the, the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scenario. I thought that was a real, you know, I, I think in some ways, as weird as this sounds, sort of an underrated moment of recent history like it seems like it's being kind of forgotten it is very so forgotten isn't it but i think it's really meaningful because you, know, you say why do you know uh you know why do we care about the personal details it's because you know so much of life now is our reality and then the false mediated reality we're living our life and we're watching television we're following the internet we're listening to the radio and the news is happening there and we are happening here and there's this gap this chasm but when something happens in the personal life of a politician, like infidelity, it suddenly allows people to realize that the gap is much less than we think. It sort of reminds us that these people have human frailties and human, you know, urges and desires. And that, you know, Bill Clinton, though he was president, also had the issue of, you know, he was lying to the public, you know, but he's also lying to his wife and all these things, you know. I mean, the, 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 the draw of celebrity is partially because there's something in human nature that wants us to want, you know, royalty or whatever, so Kim Kardashian becomes a princess or whatever. But it's also because the thing, the details about their day-to-day -day life remind us that these are purely human, that mm. there, there is no difference, you know. People are drawn to gossip, you know. All news is fundamentally gossip at first, Yeah. The opening day. But, you know, it's funny how things change and we bring up Clinton where not only is he, did he get over, even being impeached, which at the time felt like the worst thing that mm. could happen, but he actually got more popular and is probably the most powerful ex-president that we've ever had. Oh, it, it is. It's an amazing thing. You know, I mean, okay, so, so Clinton says, you know, I, I, I did not have sexual relationship with this woman, you know. He says that, you know, early summer, August, I think it was, he basically, you know, he admits that, you know, he did have an inappropriate relationship. The impeachment, has, you know, happens. And yet, the week before Christmas of that year was his highest approval rating ever. At this point, he has a, like a 60-some percent approval rating with women. Like the most right. famous guy, the most famous, like, philanderer, <laughs> yeah. in, you know. So... You know, that had to do with many things. But, you know, I, I think that that was, a, you know, that, that was a real mistake by people on the right to push impeachment because suddenly it made people think that the, the crime was the, the – the crime was not nearly as great as the penalty. Yeah. You know, a, and it was much better to keep him on the ropes than to actually do it. After that, people went, well, well, the other interesting thing is that we saw that being impeached doesn't mean shit. You know, Nixon actually dove out of office yeah. to keep from being impeached. And Clinton got up the next day and went to work. Yeah, you know? well, you know, it, 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 also I remember that being a great <laughs> example of people like not knowing what impeachment was. <laughs> yeah. Which is still the case. I yeah. Think. But, I mean, I, I is the belief, I mean, I guess I should know this, but I don't, is the belief that 
uh, if Nixon had not resigned, he definitely would have been removed. That I feel, I, I've always got the sense that that he was because you know he's he was a very calculating guy. I think that they like him and Kissinger like ran the numbers, and he was like, "You're going to lose this." I mean, is that? Yeah, but I think there would have been enough years that would have went by. You know what I mean? That he would have been out of office anyway because. Ford was only in there, what, a year, year and a half or something, you know? So it seems like you'd have slowed it down. The other thing, you know, by by resigning, Nixon did essentially, you know, concede defeat. Right. If he stays in and fights this, even if he loses, there would be that fraction of people who would say, like, we railroaded this guy for, like, you know, essentially a minor political indiscretion. They broke into a building to win a race that they were going to win anyway. But because he resigned, like, you know... Uh, you just don't find many Nixon apologists still. You'll always you'll hear people say things like, "Well, only Nixon could have went to China. China he was actually China. one of the smartest presidents of that period. He, you know, he understood the machinations of politics." But you don't often hear someone go like, "Well, you know who was my favorite president of the 20th century? Yeah. Nixon." Like, Nixon was doesn't the best. happen. Yeah. yeah, not even Republicans <laughs> yeah. are no, sitting around yeah. talking about Nixon. Here's something that I I would have thought. Certainly when I was younger that no woman would be able to come back from a sex tape. And now you can see that it becomes not that big a deal. After the first couple of days, people see it, but they're not judged as somebody who has a sex tape. Yet now you are judged more if by the suspicion that you released it on purpose. On purpose. If you create this, if you can create the sense that it, like you know, like like Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. Okay? Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks that they made that sex tape with the intent of distributing it because at the time no one did that. That was like you know, right. um, you know. Uh, so I think that that helped both of their iconography. Sure. Yeah. You know, how many drummers are the most popular person exactly. in the band? And yet, if you said Motley Crue, they'd all bring up Tommy. For some reason, all black people know who Tommy is. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know any white drummers. Uh, the book is out. It's called I Wear the Black Hat. Um, Chuck, what do you do before you decide, here's a theme I want to write about? Does it take a while before you can get to that point? Or Well, I think it was probably a collection of things. The book I had written pre- previous to this one was a novel called The Visible Man. And in that novel, the main character is very problematic. It was an attempt basically to write a book where the 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 protagonist was also the antagonist. And I started thinking about this book during the writing of that novel. So I think it's just sort of kind of what, you know, what's on my mind now. Like, like at some point, I, I, as I've matured, I started thinking about, like, the problem of badness and how it, re- how it relates to the experience of living. And so, you know, the themes, you know, I, I, I guess I don't even know. I just, I kind of just do it. I just kind of sit down yeah. and do it, you know. But you do something that not a lot of public people do is say, hey, I used to think this and I was wrong. Yeah. You love yeah. to go back and find yourself when you were wrong when you were younger. Well, I don't love it, but I just, I think it's, you know, that's what's so different about, you know, being a writer as opposed to just being a guy like you know you have friends i'm sure that mm. you from 20 years ago and if you meet them now and they're different than they were 20 years ago you don't think that's a contradiction you're like well right. of course everyone changes but when you're a writer you know i i wrote a book my first book came out when i was 27 or 28 now, i'm a totally different person than i was then but those ideas to some people are in concrete sure so you know that book was about hair metal so if i say something you know dismissive about you know 
a bang tango record or something. They'll be like, well, how could you have said this when you, you know, it's like yeah. you're on record saying that this record was better than, you know, you know, it's like, it's like, well, I realize that, but I'm not the same person. I'm just, you know, I'm always, my books, all eight of them, like in a way, it's just sort of like the creation of my own mind over time. Uh, the book is out now. It's uh, I Wear a Black Hat. Chuck, thanks so much for uh, stopping by, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's always, uh, it's always great to talk to you, and I'll see you next time coming through. Okay. Chuck Klosterman, uh, I wear the black hat, uh, villainy. I wonder if LeBron is even considered a villain anymore outside of Cleveland. It's been after that first after the first ring, he um, he just got that off his back. Now, now he's just a guy going after rings. Who do you think is the villain now? In all basketball, yeah, I'd say right now, Dwight Howard's a pretty big villain. Well, he's a villain in Orlando still, and definitely a villain in uh, L.A. People in L.A. are shocked because you don't walk away from the Lakers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You get traded away. You get injured. But are we used to people saying... I don't. I can't win in Los Angeles. This is impossible. I'm, I'm going to Houston. Yeah. What? <laughs> Rockets, really? Um, we'll talk about that in just a little bit with Ba. Also, we're going to be going over our uh, our grilling pictures. And Chuck Klosterman just uh, stopped in here. Uh, his book is out now. I wear the uh, the black hat. Uh, do you agree what he said about dice? I don't know. I don't know if I agree so much because I, I fucking dice is fucking funny. Dice is a very <laughs> funny guy, but I got where he was coming from. I mean, first of all, uh, if people say stuff like dice isn't as big as he used to be, that's a very rare feat for that to happen. Anyway, it only happens every once in a while with comics that could go. And sell out arenas, you know. Matter of fact, if you look at the bands that sold out arenas in 1990, um, most of them can't do that anymore. Yeah, it's about 20, it's almost 25 years ago now when he first popped, right? Yeah, it probably is. in that uh, in that exact era. Um, and I certainly don't think that he was trying to move the culture along. I think he was just doing jokes. It was his act. Yeah, his his. <laughs> job was to kind of get laughs um but he is right that we have gone back and said about some people hey their their act was better or more important than we thought it was you know uh and you also have to remember that to be successful in show business let's say you have a million fans no. If you're a comedian with a million fans, you're a giant comedian. 
But that still is like 329 million people in this country who wouldn't. You know, when we say, oh, Dice's audience was a reflection of society. That's not really true. That's only true of his exact fans. Yeah. So you could say, I don't know, Pearl Jam came out, so it meant we were here as a country. Some of us, yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, you would be surprised that, you know, Barry Manilow sells more tickets in bigger places than anyone most of the time touring. And most people wouldn't say that Barry Manilow has this gigantic sway over our, our country. Um, here is uh, Ted in Boston. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, boys. How's it going? Yeah. So uh, I was at the Guns N' Roses show at Webster Hall a couple of years ago, and uh, I was pretty, uh, I was, I was pretty whacked out, feeling good. Look across the bar, see who I believe to be Dave McDonald. So I push through this huge crowd, and I go, "Inside Dave!" And the guy looks at me terrified, and it's Chuck Klosterman. And you know, since I've met. Closterman and no Dave, I can tell you, other than the color of their hair, they look nothing alike. There is nothing. <laughs> and their hair is not even the same color. No, this is this is the prejudice that Dave talks about all the time. It's that ginger, that thing people have against gingers, lump them all in one place. Well, I guess even ginger is a bad word towards the redhead people. What's it based on? I don't know. I always thought it came from Ginger and Marianne, but maybe she was called Ginger because she had red hair. Is Ginger red? Like the color yeah. of Ginger? I don't know. Um, here's our buddy Tom from Madison. You're on the Run of Fez show. Buddies, how's it going? Hey, you know, Good. Ronnie, excellent job with close. I could listen to, he's like Kevin Smith for me. I could listen to that guy talk about cultural stuff and the business. And I could listen to him for three hours. I mean, I've always found his, his stuff to be real interesting and a, and a good take on it. And yeah, he's an interesting dude, and he, yeah. you know, he spends his life thinking about these things. He yeah, sits around and thinks thinker. about them for uh, a long period of time. And like I say, just about every chapter or story in the book is a place that you could pick up and then start from. You know, like yeah. you could read the chapter, sit down, and then discuss those same ideas with your friends and find yourself in a whole... Uh, a different place. We forgot. Were we going to do a Twitter contest? We never remember. I got to get. I want to give one of the kids the jobs as plugmaster because we never plugged the weekender. We didn't plug the Twitter contest before or after. We've got his books to give out. Which one of the kids you think would be good at it? I think Shelby would be a good plugmaster. I don't see it. I don't see Shelby as having even the slightest bit of interest in that. I need somebody who's going, holy shit, the weekender, we haven't given out that thing. That's important. I don't want to just sit and watch it all go by. Oh, we got to do the grilling thing. That's important. Yeah. Oh, we have Chuck Closeman books. We could be uh, uh, doing, you know, we have it here on this paper, but then we, we don't read it. We don't read it at all. All right, so we won't do, a, we won't do the giveaway. Um, let's break. We're back in a couple minutes, and uh, let's talk with Ba about is it a smart move to leave L.A. for Houston 
And right now, when I watch ESPN, they all but gave Houston the title last year, next year. Yes. It's a done deal, dude. Oh, sure it is. They yeah. are at least going to be in the finals. Oh, at least, huh? At the very least. Okay. We'll be right back. Uh, you're on the Run of Show. The Run and Fez Show on the Open Anthony Show. Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. Classic Shelb bringing us the artist of the day. Uh, today is ACDC. A couple things that people have been calling Chris Stanley since he got his hair cut like a girl. <laughs> this is a man's haircut. Molly and uh, Ba are here. Do you guys always work on different days? Um, no, but Tuesdays are is our day. It's our only day. That's your only day, and other than that, you cover different days, right? Yes. It's tough. You know, there's too much magic to spread out for five days. Well, that's what this works out good, though, because you guys are going to be, one of you every day will get in charge of doing the plugs. Uh, it's a big job, like the weekender. We haven't plugged it. Today's Tuesday. We never gave out the prize. Uh, we've got books for Chuck Klosterman. We were going to do uh, a beautiful Twitter. little Twitter first responders. That could be something that you guys remind people of. Okay. I'm also going to bring something else. Because uh, the, the, the other one went back before uh, anyone else even did it. That was like pre-weekend, right? It was a June weekender, and we still haven't given the uh, uh, prize out yet. Oh, my God. That's how far back it goes. So we are, you're basically looking at modern ruins. It's like, <laughs> you got, you're like Tom Cruise in that new movie, I think. It was called uh, Outer Earth. Oblivion. Outer Earth is the name of it. <laughs> and you arrive back here... Uh, and you find out that there used to be a civilization here at one time. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this. I like first responders even when they're not called on. And I'm going to give out something for Neil Diamond. Sign Neil Diamond. What do we have by Neil Diamond? Oh, we have, um, the, we have the best of Neil Diamond. Signed? Signed by Mr. Neil Diamond. Whoa. Then I'm going to give this out because we didn't even run a contest because that wasn't, I'm not even sure if Neil Diamond's ever been to that Twitter account. <laughs> but I'm going to give it out to somebody who just said, hey, I enjoyed it. Row from Long Island. Row from Long Island. Whoa. You win Neil Diamond from weeks ago. Because that's somebody who cares more about the, the show and getting things on than even the people involved with the show. So, you guys, I'm going to put you under Hicks's tutelage. And you'll see it in the agenda every day and you will know what to do. Now, that means extra work for you, Molly, so you're not going away this weekend <laughs> on the drug-filled rape concert tour. Yeah, no rape, no biker rape and Molly binge for you. It's time to learn to be a plug slut. <laughs> that sounds Wait, awful. That I don't like that at all. <laughs> I don't like that at all. 
I'd that came off a lot worse than it sounded in my head. Rogue from Spike. Long Island is a winner today. She got herself some signed Neil Diamond. Neil is fine. The sun shines most of the time. Hi, everybody. I'm Neil Diamond. <laughs> Twilling's laid back. Sing it. I didn't even think he was at the thing on July 4th that he plugged with us. I saw a commercial and his name didn't pop up. Uh-oh. That's weird. I was just worried about his health. All right, Bob is here. That's why you're hearing his theme song playing. And, Bob, you wanted to talk about Dwight Howard. You wrote a story, put it up on the iBang today, and this one shocked me why we can't hate Dwight there's so much hatred for Dwight over the past couple seasons, especially the way he left Orlando, because every single day people were talking about, where's he going to go? Is he going to be a Brooklyn Net? Is he going to be a Laker? Is he going to be here? Is Dwight going to stay? And Howard never really made a decision, so he built up all this animosity, which is sad because when he first appeared in the league, people loved him. He was blocking shots. What's well, not to like, right? The way he, when he's on, he can play great. And then he had the dunk contest he won twice, and he was one of the only superstars in the league to actually do it. By the way, I didn't like when he wore a cape, though. Didn't like that. That didn't belong to him. You and Shaq also mm-hmm. did not like that. I'm a, I'm a Shaq guy. He's not. He's Shaq nice. hit his own head on that light right there. I love the story. Wow. Mm, yeah, me too. I like to just think about it sometimes. You said we cannot hold hate Dwight, even though he's a modern-day villain. <laughs> Dwight's decision to leave the Lakers is the first decision, in my opinion, that he has made strictly for his career. He realized that in Orlando, the grass is not always greener in Los Angeles. He left the Magic, which you can't blame him. There was a deteriorating team. He goes to the Lakers. He has to deal with Kobe Bryant, who's on his case all the time. And then all the pieces that they surrounded... Uh, Kobe and Dwight with have fallen apart. There's rumors that they're going to amnesty. Uh, Metal World Peace were on our test. Uh, him and Gasol, meaning Howard and Gasol, never seem to mesh because they play this pretty much the same position, mm-hmm. center in the po- in the paint or in the post area, and he never got the touches he wanted, which was a big issue for him because Kobe was taking many of those shots. And frankly, you cannot hold it against Kobe. He is a better offensive player than Howard. Then let me just say this for Dwight Howard. $20 million, you got to make it work. If Kobe's on your ass, you got to say, who the fuck are you talking to, Kobe? You're not going to win this without me either. But it seems like he's just this passive fucking pussy who waits for the world to change instead of him making changes. That's why I'm applauding or I'm enthusiastic about his move to Houston. I think this is the first time Dwight has realized I'm going to do what's best for me and not be afraid to get backlash. I think Dwight learned a lot from LeBron James, his leaving of Cleveland, that if you leave and you leave in a bad way, you'll be labeled the bad guy. But in his a very aggressive way to not be labeled the bad guy, he got labeled the bad guy because people right. got tired of him. Uh, but here's the other thing about Dwight. You better win now. You have to have a championship in Houston. If you don't win that championship, and that's a lot of pressure. Uh, even though people think he's a good match and you got Kevin McHale and all that, he 100% has to win a championship, and fairly soon. He's got to do it in a couple of years. If you're Dwight Howard, you have to think of two things. First, I took the Orlando Magic, whose best player was Hito Turkoglu, to the NBA yeah. Finals. Now, they didn't win, and they got beat by the Lakers relatively easily, but he got them there. Right. Now, you pair him with James Harden, who is arguably one of the top 15 players in the league. Mm-hmm. He's an all-star. He was leading the league in scoring for a majority of the season last year, and he's 
come onto the scene very hot from leaving the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then you have a stretch four, Chandler Parsons, a guy that can shoot threes. He is a big-time player. Going back to what I'm saying even more, you have to win the championship now. You can't have a good team. You can't have a playoff team. You can't get to the finals. You made these moves to win a championship. You now have to do it. And here's another thing Dwight Howard has to re- uh, realize. Do you run into a lot of elderly people that are 7'2"? No. Your life is going to be shorter than most people, my friend. You're a freak of nature. Win now while you have the chance. I'm waiting every day to see whether Kareem or Shaq drops first. Oh, God. Don't even talk about that. They're going to go out like Wilt. That heart just fucking implodes. Too much mass to fucking control. Speaking of mass, now that your hair is done, you want to go to church with me? <laughs> you got a brand new Pope, Pope John Paul II. He's a new saint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that Francis. He cured people after he died. How? Miracles, my he friend. cure himself after he died? No, that was a thing. He was too good to cure himself. He'd rather cure people after he died. From heaven? <laughs> he died from crookedness. Yeah, from heaven. Why, you think that's a joke? I thought you were born Catholic. Oh, yeah. Born Catholic, baptized, once communion. Why don't you do the Lord's Prayer for me? How does it start? Our. Our Father, who art in heaven, hollow be thy name. Hollow be thy name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Why would he be hollow? That's like an old word. Like, like, like hollow. hollow. Be- we still have hollow now. What's it's the- like your head is hollow. <laughs> What's the word then? <laughs> it's hallowed. Thank you for the help, Molly. All right. Our Father... Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. <laughs> Still. It's close. The kingdom come. The? Thy kingdom, kingdom come. No, I think it's thy kingdom come. I'm thy. not even Catholic. It's thy. So listen, all right? It's fucking the God. It's like a fucking... Do you, do you really feel good saying fuck when you're talking <laughs> yeah. about the Lord's Prayer? I'm not, I'm not talking about the Lord's Prayer right now. I mean, uh, Eddie in California, you're on the Run of Fez show. Eddie, we got you, buddy? Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? None of your business. Hey, <laughs> you the man. Hey, uh, I just want to make a few comments on Dwight Howard, man. He had his choice to be in L.A. and be a superstar like Shaq and like all the other centers that we had in L.A. But uh, he never grew up as a childhood little baby. He never uh, had the experience to be a man. I mean, he's grown. He's a big, tall guy, whatever, muscles, whatever. But he'll never win a championship with that soft little mind of his. And I'm kind of glad he's not in L.A. because he would have been a big salary cap issue. And we could go after somebody else who uh, is more dominant than he is. You're not falling for the fact that there's a more dominating center out there, are you, Bob? When Dwight Howard is healthy, he is the best big man in the league, and it's not even close. You even think he wasn't healthy a lot, or he just didn't want to get out there with Kobe? Well, he had a back surgery, which... People have said, medical experts have said that it takes anywhere between a year to three years to come back from your back injury. Now, he played very well at the end of the season. He was definitely not himself in the yeah. beginning of the season. And he played very well at the end of the season because who wasn't on the floor with him? Well, true, Kobe wasn't there. He's a pussy. Yeah. You have to say, Kobe, I know that you feel this way, but if we want to win, you got to fucking keep me happy, too. I do not like the passivity. I don't think you can do that for a guy like Kobe Bryant because, A, he's not going to listen to you. This is the guy that famously in the playoffs a couple years ago wouldn't pass the ball to prove everyone wrong that he uh, would only pass the ball, wouldn't shoot to prove everyone that he's on a ball hog. So that's A. And B, Kobe has more rings than him. 
more all-star appearances than him. He makes more money than him. He's been in the franchise longer. You still got, you know, you got to deal with your bully. That's your fucking job as a human being. And if, if fucking Kobe was wrong about the things that he was saying, then you have to prove him wrong. Whether, uh, telling him, showing him, whatever. Alfonso, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ron? Um, I wanted to counteract what Bob just said about how Dwight Howard going to Houston is a great thing because he has a top 15 player in James Harden and he has Chandler Parsons. Bob, those are your arguments, bro? Come on. He's leading the team with Kobe Bryant, arguably, probably in the top three of all-time great NBA players behind Magic and Michael. And he's going to a freaking Houston team. With James Harden and Chandler Parsons. James Harden led the league in scoring because he was the only scoring option on that team. Now that he has Dwight Howard and he has to give up the touches, how effective do you think he's going to be? Not only that, Dwight Howard's not going to do anything in Houston because now all the pressure is going to be on him. He thought he had pressure in LA, you know, and Kobe deflected some of that pressure. Imagine what it's going to be like in Houston, brother. Listen to these uh, California callers. Right now in LA, <laughs> Uh, Dwight Howard is the most hated man in Los Angeles County. Second is Ba. Second is Ba right behind him. To be fair, I mean, I don't understand what, he, what he's talking about. Saying, oh, well, Kobe, he's got Kobe, so he's going to be fine. Well, Kobe's tore his Achilles. We have no idea how Kobe's going to come back. He's in his mid to late 30s. Here's the, the deal, dude. You're treating the L.A. Lakers as if they're just another team. You're playing in the greatest basketball team in history. You don't walk away from the Yankees. You don't walk away from the Lakers. It almost looks like I don't want to be in the spotlight. I would rather just fucking cruise than prove my greatness. In L.A., he has a chance to prove he's one of the greatest players of all time, and he walked out on it. The biggest problem with Los Angeles is their coach, Mike D'Antoni. Now, Dwight is a very athletic big guy, but he's not going to run up and down the court all game. He's not one of these free-flowing, Blake Griffin-style throw-it-up-and-have-him-slam-it-down guys. He's a different player. He's always played in a half-court system. That's what they used in Orlando. They surround him around shooters, and that's what they're going to try to do in Houston. And it did not work there. And the owners are clearly not going to fire D'Antoni. They're not going to pay two coaches full salaries to not be there. So I don't see how him leaving is a bad thing. In fact, it's probably the best thing he's ever done in his career. Here is... That may be true, because he has nothing to show in his career right now. <laughs> he, to me, unless he gets that championship, uh, he's not going to be remembered. Blowhard, go ahead, buddy. You know, I'm sick and tired of this sports media uh, coddling, kissing this guy's ass, That's covering true. this guy um, to a blue in the face. This guy is a gutless loser, an immature jerk. Everywhere he goes, he doesn't get along with the coaches. What's going to happen in Houston is the same thing that's going to happen anywhere else. He's going to be unhappy. He's going to be injured. It's going to be the biggest bust move ever. To leave the Lakers, a team of great traditions of the best centers who ever played the game, the Lakers are probably I guess second to the Celtics in great tradition in the NBA. And this guy just wants to hide. He's a nutcase. And I don't understand why this guy just gets the publicity all over the sports. Why do you love him so much, Bob? Why do you love him? I think we can't rip Dwight Howard. I love him oh, because sure we have can. to rip him because everywhere he goes, he cannot get along with the coaches. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> excuse me, the bad injuries. When you got a back injury, 
I bet by week six or seven, this guy's going to be on the bench. There's a little nagging injury. There'll be nights when he's not going to show up. He's gutless, and he's a nutcase. What Ronnie said is true. He's getting huge bucks to be in L.A., the spotlight, the mecca on the West Coast of the NBA, one of the legendary teams. He could be there. Kobe is probably one of the greatest offensive and probably one of the best players we'll ever get to see. And for this guy just to just hide in Houston, and all you Houston fans who are excited, good luck because he's going to ride the bench. They talked about this guy coming to the Nets. God help Brooklyn if he ever came to the Nets. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. Oh, God help Brooklyn. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Ba has uh, put this up on the iBang. Is why we can't hate Dwight. Um, can't hate him. He's walking away with suitcases of money, and he's not even performing. He's no, that's not fair. He, has, he, has, he doesn't have the heart of a champion. <laughs> that's not fair. That's not fair. It's if he stayed in Orlando, fair. he would have made more money. It's a fact. What coach does he get along with? Oh, oh, oh so, so we get this straight. So because LeBron left Cleveland, right, and he didn't get along oh, with Mike Brown at the end. Time. Oh, so if LeBron leaves, it's okay. When, no when, one said it was okay. When, People crucified LeBron for walking right. out. Right. That's, 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 that's my point. Is that you call him gutless. Well, why LeBron left? He got, is he gutless? Is Carmelo Anthony gutless because he left? Um, yeah, Carmelo there's some amount to that. The thing trade. is... Carmelo was not a free agent. Oh, yeah, and, and why did Carmelo was involved in the trade? Because he demanded to be traded. And they knew yeah, that well, if they didn't trade him, he'd walk. Where he was, um, and you, you're not acting like a lot of people love Carmelo Anthony and his personality, I hope. No, I'm just saying. He's fucking despised. <laughs> so you're like saying, oh, if you're saying bad stuff about Charlie Manson, how come you like, <laughs> Char- how come you like Son of Sam so much? How come he's your boyfriend right now? Um, let's go over here to Steven in Houston. You're on the Run a Fez show. Houston's dead. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, first thing first. Yeah. Great trainers. Yes. LA has some great trainers. We had this guy named Akeem Elijah. Yeah, we are all familiar. We know about okay. Akeem the Dream, one of the greatest centers okay, of all well, time, who had heart. He had the heart of a lion. Akeem <laughs> Elijah is going to be Dwight Howard's coach. Mikhail is a better coach than D'Antoni, and then. Um, Ben Gundy, would you agree with that? And he's an ex-player, so Dwight will listen to this guy, and you can say all you want about L.A., you can't be a declining player like Kobe Bryant, have an injury like he has, like he had, he's not going to come back and be the same player. We have a young... Uh, Here's the thing that that you would have expected out of a Dwight Howard. I'm here in L.A., build this team around me. That's what I would have expected if a guy wanted to be remembered as one of the greats. No, that's D'Antoni's fault. That that, that is ownership, not selecting a coach that fits Dwight Howard's skill set. They went and got Mike D'Antoni, who likes up and down, who likes to score 110 points a game. People in New York saw that. That He's prominent in Phoenix. That's not the kind of coach Dwight Howard needs. And, frankly, Patrick Ewing is a great center. What do you mean what kind of coach he needs? How, how many reasons does he need? How many millions of dollars does he need to get this guy to be a professional instead of being a gutless little worm saying, I don't want to play in L.A., I'm going to go hide out in Houston, and then I'm going to have a back injury, and then I'm not going to decide to play. So get this guy one of those little motorized Oh, that's, that's just so unfair. You, you have no idea he's not going to play. There's no You have no clue he's not going to play. Dwight Howard could go out, and he could be the defensive player of the year and win the MVP this year, or he could, he could be going to have to do it. Now right. I'm saying this, no matter what he does. The fact that this guy is going to lay down 
probably maybe six or seven but weeks. Either way, season. if he wants to get out of this, he's got to do what LeBron did. Right, which, which you're acting like LeBron isn't hated because he won. LeBron won back-to-back, and then even people who badmouthed him have to say he won back-to-back. Um, now, I'm looking over here on the iBang. Morgan says, L.A., the greatest franchise. Uh, count I the banners. The Celtics are the greatest franchise. Uh, he says, L- count the banners in, in Boston Garden. I'm sorry, I was talking modern times. That's oh. where I made the mistake. I'm A post-1970 world. You're right, because the modern team is the Lakers, but traditionally it's got to be the Celtics. Well, I will give you that. Back when we used to have white centers, yes, <laughs> the Celtics were hey, one hell of a ball team. Don't be knocking Bob Cousy, okay? Yeah. But why do we care about uh, the Lakers or a traditional team? Why do we care? Why, uh, Oklahoma City didn't exist five years ago. Yeah, and I'm still not a fan. I can't even look at them. I still go to Seattle. I still go to Seattle But that's okay. That's okay, because in ten years, if Kevin Durant brings two or three banners, they'll be looked at as a modern team. San Antonio was a zero before Tim Duncan and David Robson got there. And I'll bet you any amount of money that if you're in Cleveland right now, you'd love to have LeBron come back. You would. You would. But they can't be that upset that they have Kyrie Irving to build around. It's not like they have zero. Kyrie Irving. If, if oh, they like, a, oh, please. Kyrie Irving would be the best player on your team right now. They will bend over backwards to bring him back. And there's a good chance he will go back after this Miami deal's over. There's also a good chance. Why would he ever, Why would he go back? Why? If I why? What to make peace? Oh, to make peace. That's where he came from. That's his home, and he's even brought it up. I understand that. I might want to end there. Hey, Um, kids, you do want to come home again sometimes. People do want to go home. He'll make nice. He'll go back home to Cleveland, or he'll go back to. Or he'll go to the Lakers for that matter. You know, everyone's everyone's going to go to the Lakers, right? Why not? Kevin Durant's going to go there. I respect a guy like Chris Stanley, who's never worked more than four hundred yards from the place he was born. That's what's up. That you are the anti-LeBron. Hometown. H-Town, yeah. baby. Long and that's why you could be uh, counted on. That's right. All right, here's another uh, story up on the iBang uh, that Madden has already taken Hernandez off. You will not be able to play with a killer <laughs> on your new Madden game, which I don't like the idea of that. I like having a killer to go to when I need him. It's your Shriek Um But do you feel like... And I'll put this out to everybody. Are they condemning this guy before the trial? I mean, is it so awful that we wait for the trial before the NFL decides? This is fucking, it's, this is really getting nuts. Like, yeah, from Madden and another um, EA Sports game, he's totally gone. They're, everyone's saying he's guilty. Like, it's, it's, right. it's fucking decided. He's guilty. Let's just wait from the fucking, let's, get, let, wait, let's wait for him to give him the sentence. To me, it sounds like if we just decided Molly was going to take drugs and have sex with strangers no. and st- until waiting till after this horrible weekend. And the rape kick comes And back. then we can condemn her <laughs> oh for what she did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When you could so said what? The when the rape kit comes back. The Patriots, it's all pulled right now, and apparently it's a hot item. You can go on eBay and try to buy it, and you want to get a Hernandez jersey, it's going to cost you a mint now. People want it. Yeah. The same way they wanted the Michael Vick jerseys after the dog thing. So it's just a matter of tastelessness. I've got a Hernandez jersey, and it's got blood on it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not weird. his. It's not his. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm doing DNA testing. I think testing they're judging the guy prematurely, but look, murder is murder, and I think that they're just shitting their pants that the league has enough image issues right now and to have somebody who's accused of murder they just want to just wash their hands like Punch's pilot and just say we want nothing to do with this guy and even if he's innocent and gets off or not guilty not innocent but 
some team might take a chance on him, but I doubt it because this is not dog fighting. This I don't think any of us driving. think he's going to walk away from this. When you, no, when he, he's probably going to go down you for say it. Murder, he's he's probably gone forever. Maybe he'll go play in Canada. I don't know, but this guy. They, Canada they is fifty murderers. <laughs> they no. love murder there. <laughs> well, I think the, um, Canada goes out of their way to hire murderers. Yeah. Well, okay, like what you said, say, they're Mark? just washing their hands. They they want nothing to do with this because the league, the image is so tarnished. And every time now, you know what's going to happen next, Ronnie B? They're going to start blaming this on. He had head trauma from playing football. He probably was juiced up. There's going to be all. I know we haven't heard the term roid rage in a lot of years, but I think back. it's about to come back. Especially if this guy goes on trial, and they somehow they're going to blame the league and how the NFL. He took too many hits, and it made him nuts. That's what's probably going to be one of his big defenses if when this goes to trial, if it does. I still think he should be in the Madden game. He's like 24. I think so, too. He's like 24. He's 23. 23. So how, too many hits to that. He's been playing professional football for three years. There's guys that have gotten a pre. There's guys who have gotten these problems from high school right. football and from college football. I think when they start to go back and just line up these massive lawsuits against the colleges, we might start and wake up the fucking NCAA. I despise. Yeah, and then we're going to turn the game into touch football the way it's going with these lawsuits lined up. Well, maybe it'll bring back your sport, baseball. Maybe you'll be happy again. Well, you know, you know something? The way that we grew up watching football, that's all gone. The game that we loved, the game that we grew up on is going to be just something in the past. It already is, if you're going to be honest about it. Thank God the for game, NFL films. The game has changed so much that when, you know, a kid now is not watching the game that I uh, grew up watching. But um, what else? Do, oh, this is a great one. You weren't here for it yesterday. And Blowhard, I know that you love Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, I'm loyal to Jacksonville. The, the girls down there. They are now putting red zone, or they want to put red zone in the end zone. And people acting like they're offended by this. I think if they do it, it's going to catch on everywhere. I don't know why they would be offended, because Jacksonville doesn't draw. Any, and they don't draw anyone. Well, I they're mean, doing better, believe it or not. They had a, they had a better year this past year, attendance-wise. And um, basically, yeah, they doubled from fifty people game to a hundred. <laughs> right. So what are they like? The bottom third. They're still in the bottom third of the league. Is my point. It's not as if they well, are any market. But the thing is, when they win, they can draw. Uh, do you have a problem with the red zone in I the? I don't have a problem with it. I mean, frankly, I like the red zone. I think the red zone is the best, probably, invention for sport television in a long, long time. I. No, it's, it's very addictive, yeah. and it's actually replaced my one o'clock games. It's like fantastic. Four o'clock, I'll watch a game. It's fantastic, but you're not watching a game anymore. <laughs> you're just watching highlights. It's oh, I addictive, don't know. I mean, and you know, fantasy football does it, but you don't have the same thing of sitting down and figuring out a game. You're just seeing big plays. And fantasy football makes you question. Your loyalty as a sports fan. I agree. I had Darren McFadden uh, last year before he got hurt, and he ran for like 200 yards. Maybe he could play point guard for the Lakers. And he basically ran against the Jets. And I was so torn, I said, get him, get him. And I said, wait a minute, I got him on my team. It's just just such a conflicting... He almost was pulled in half. (laughs) He was almost pulled in half. But see, here's the problem that the NFL has. You can't say to people, come to the game 
it's a worse experience than staying home. You know what I mean? Right. And the fact is, you pay a lot of money now to be at the games. It's 50, 60 bucks to park. And not even that, Ronnie B., but think about the northeastern and the north midwestern cities where it's like 10 degrees below zero, and you're sitting out there freezing like a dick. And you could be sitting home just watching it, eat, you know, eat on your, in front of you on your couch and hanging out. You go to the ballpark now, you freeze your ass off. It's just so uncomfortable to watch football in the winter months. It's just, it's terrible. To your point, Ron, the biggest problem the NFL has is that the at-home experience is much better. You can, you don't have to pay $10 for a beer. You can make whatever food you want. You can mm. stay warm. You can stay cool. You can watch multiple games. You're not stuck watching a blowout. So that's a problem for the NFL. But I don't see how introducing the red zone at the stadium takes away from their experience. Because you get the red zone, red zone anywhere for the most if part. If your fucking team has the ball... And they're fucking doing a call, and people suddenly react <laughs> to a long touchdown yeah, or a big be a problem, hit. Problem, definitely. That's that, going to be distracting. It, it, it takes away the fact of what going to a game is really about, <laughs> right? Which was like cheering on our boys. It's a fantasy. Yeah, but if scoreboard, given all the uh, out of town games, so I mean, this is like the next step, but. I guess if it's a good game, you're going to ignore the red zone if it's a really good game on the field. Now, in Jacksonville, good luck with that. But, you know, this is going to be the whole trend of pro sports. It's just all going to be televised. Everything's just going to be, you know, high tech. With you guys with your smartphones and your, you know, your, your laptops. And their Atari games. They yeah, got their Atari these, games. All these and computer things. They got yeah. their Frisbees going and their all hacky sacks. Their yeah. beta hats. I mean, in my day, when you were sent to the bedroom, it was a punishment. Today, it's like going on vacation. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and remember, try the veal. It's wonderful. <laughs> we can watch up with people, and we can watch marching bands, but now it's uh, J- Here's Jason in Detroit. What's happening, Jason? Hey, Ron. I hate to bother you at work. Uh, I don't know if you caught uh, It's an old joke. Sorry. I liked it. Um, I, don't I don't know if you caught the story on the news the other day, but this Cleveland Browns fan died, and his will, yes, for Cleveland Brown players to be his uh, pallbearers. Oh, yeah, that was cool. So they can let him down one last time. Yeah. Oh! Um, I, I'm just going to say this. If you need to leave but, uh, a joke in your obituary or on your tombstone. <laughs> Everybody picks on Cleveland. Leave Cleveland alone, eh? These guys haven't won since, what, decades? I think that's what his obituary <laughs> was about. Yeah. Why should we leave them alone? No, 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 no. Why should we leave mediocre teams alone? That's absolutely no, no, unacceptable. City, because it's a mediocre city. It's a sad city. It's like picking on a special needs kid. It really is. They are like the special needs kid. We should say this to Cleveland. You're doing good, too. You're helping to drive. You got a quarterback. Airport lobby. It's nothing there. So it's just a waste of time. No, we should contract them then. Screw, screw and I admire the fans in Cleveland. There's plenty of places loyalty. I like to contract. I like to get out of a lot of places. That I admire made. their loyalty, Ronnie B. I do too. It is the difference between Cleveland and a lot of other places, including all of Florida, is that it's really a sports town. And exactly. they really are Philadelphia without the attitude. Well, there. I don't know if you can get Philadelphia without the attitude. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia is. Um, Philadelphia leads the league in attitude. But you go to those games, you wear another t- team's jersey, they throw you off the upper deck. Uh, well, you got in a fist fight with the Philly Fanatic I before. I did back in 1980 at the Vet, and <laughs> I, I just had a. 
I went and bought, bought a Met hat just to bust balls because it was the Mets and the Phillies, and the Philly fanatic knocked it off my head twice. And then I got up to stand up, and everybody started flicking cigarette butts at me and pretzels. Oh my gosh. And then I kind of shoved back, and they took me to security, and they ejected me. No, fil- no vet jail for you? I had a $25 summons. That's too bad. I heard legendary stories about the vet jail. The vet jail is in the basement. They actually added a judge eventually. <laughs> they had a judge down there to arraign people because... It actually, they say help, though. <laughs> it helped but the Philly fans, things out. Do not, do not mess with Philly fans. You go to Philly, don't wear another team stuff. I know Giant fans who go, and their girlfriends get dumped beer. Uh, they even puke on them. They do oh it. Oh, my gosh. Philly fans are obnoxious, but I love it because that makes them Philly. They got personality. Unlike the dullards who go out to games in the West Coast in the state of Florida, who go there Ugh, just to again, go and have a bunch of nachos, it's true, though. leave in the fifth inning. Uh, uh, I don't know. Not everyone, not everyone on the West Coast is But is enough a that you can bring it up. Well, and look, San Francisco. I, I'm sorry, that thing in Miami where they go walking out on their team? That's outrageous. Uh, they do. You can't say that people in warm climates live and die for their sports team the way people in cold climates do. It's just it's not fucking football, true. But other than that, there's nothing else that Northeastern, Midwestern fans... San Francisco Giant fans are pretty diehard. Uh, no, Giant I'm telling you, they're diehard. Well, you might think so, but that doesn't mean they don't care. Uh, Aaron, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, just getting to the uh, Hernandez thing, I think you got two problems. First, the media needs it to make it entertaining, so they want everybody to make a decision at the arraignment if a guy's guilty or not. And then, as we talked about, you've got the pussification of the NFL over the last 10 years anyway. So the two of them together, the guy's done. Um, the guy is done. Uh, I can't believe, though, that the Patriots, if they thought there was even the slightest thing, that maybe he wasn't done. But apparently even the other players are afraid of Fernandez. Yeah, Ronnie B., the guy mentioned pussification. Yeah. We'll never see a head slap again. Deacon Jones, the great oh one. Oh, my the, God. The, 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 the hey, can I bring up another sports story that, uh, that you guys missed when you were on vacation? Sure. We've been hearing a lot about, you know, A-Rod and the baseball players with the drugs and all this nonsense. Did you see that an umpire got fired for drugs? No, I didn't even notice this. Uh, Paul Runge, a long time, his father and grandfather were um, umpires. Now, was it helping him umpire better? Was... That's what I want to know. Was, 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 he, was, he, was he doing blow? Was he uh, on amphetamines? Was he taking downs? But it was a shocking story. I never heard of an umpire getting fired for drug use, and they're very vague in the article on what kind of drugs it could be. He got warned, uh, and they took him out, I think, a year ago, and then they put him back in, and now they dismissed the guy. And he's a long time, at least 10-year umpire, and it's just amazing that I've never, ever seen that in my life. It's the first time it ever happened, and they're not saying what uh, drug it was. A umpire used to come to my club and get drunk off his ass every night. Either that or might, I think he probably might have been uh, with the Vicodins or something, because they said he had some maybe injury problems, but... An umpire getting fired for drugs. Jesus Christ. I mean, I can see... It could be the Vikes, you know. Hey, look, it doesn't make him a bad person if he's taking the pain pills. But maybe, you know, these umpires usually sell merchandise. They're up to no good with autographs and stuff. But... This thing, an umpire for drugs, and it, it kind of went unnoticed. It was, and this guy is a pretty uh, high-profile umpire. Like I said, he came from an, uh, a family of umpires traditionally for years. I remember his father back in the '60s was uh, umpiring, and uh, very quiet story. It's just pretty weird. I just wanted to mention that. All right, thanks. I had to man. throw a drug reference in for Chris Stanley. Um. <laughs> 
Here is um, Corey in Dallas showing the run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. How we doing? Good. Uh, Ron, I know you're going to shit all over me, but i got to say it anyways. Your one exception to your rule about being uh, warm-weather cities sucking as fans is true, but I think Dallas is pretty uh, committed to their teams, even though the Cowboys have sucked for years. I mean, people still go to the game. Still room for Romo. Uh, Rangers went to the World Series twice, and, and the Mavericks won, you know, not too long ago. And people love their Mavs and Rangers and Cowboys down here. So you're saying that they're an all-around sports town, they're not just uh, football, because Rangers don't always draw that well, do they? Yeah, No, not. Once they built that stadium in 94, things picked up. Once we started doing good, you know, in the late 2000s, people, you saw a lot more Rangers gear. A lot hey, Ronnie more. B., you know what i got to admire about the Cowboys, although I hate to say it because I hate the Cowboys? When they have a home game, they open up standing room for 30, 30 tickets, $30 yeah. a ticket, and they get like 35,000 people to show up just to stand there and drink. You know, uh, the Cowboys have been bad for so long, I, keep, I don't even hate them. And I'd like to get them to get a little better so I could go back to hating them. It's sad. It's sad to see how mediocre they've been. Um, it is, and most people down here still don't like that. They hate that stadium. It's a glass punch bowl upside yeah. down. <laughs> it's an embarrassment. Phoenix is but a big sports city. The scoreboard is pretty cool. No, I'm telling you this. Those people care. They care Jeez. about th- they care about they care three things. Yeah, that's what no, they I'm care about. You, they care about three th- They care about three big sports. They care about the Cardinals, the Suns, and there's some. And they care about pretty much the college teams. And they care about rodeo. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm still saying. I understand you're a West Coast guy. They care. I'm you telling can't, you. Uh, you just have no idea what it really is to be a fucking sports fan. I have no, I'm they, from the East. Those people haven't suffered at all yet. Yes. Do they suffer if a tarantula bites them? Yeah. <laughs> but if you got suffered. rid of every Arizona team, I'd be happy. They do not need it. You don't need sports in those places. Watch it on TV like the people in L.A. will watch football on TV. Uh, coming up in just a little bit is stuff that I do recommend people in the South and Arizona uh, because we're going to have the grill finalists go up. Mm. And there, I give them all the credit in the world. When they deserve credit, <laughs> I give it to them. So you want, like, pretty much you want to eliminate anything west of the Mississippi Canada sports team. Hey, for sports baseball, ball, yes. where are you from? For baseball, the West Coast tour would be Chicago and St. Louis, <laughs> Cincinnati. I don't see wasting I- your time out, you know, taking a plane. I like to put the baseball back on a train like the old days. Belongs in the Northeast and and the Midwest. You go past Chicago, forget it. Ah, that's just There's out. no passion. It's just a bunch of people hanging out, eating nachos. That's going outrageous. home in the fourth inning. They have no knowledge of the game. That's you're that's you're 100. You're 100 correct. Um, Tom, you're on the Running Fed show. Hey, I just want to say how much I love the blowhard and his passion. It's always great to hear him on the oh, radio. Thank you. It's true. And I want to remind you, blowhard, that. Me TV is showing Rota reruns starting this week. Don't miss them. Wow. Mm. Rota reruns. Awesome. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Blowhard played the part of Rota for two seasons. What? Yeah. And then after that, went back to his other role man. as Rota's sister, Brend. Voice of Maud Simpson. Yeah. Julie still Cameron. out there. Still making it happen. And, and Carlton the Doorman. I think he died. And then, you know, Blowhard did that thing, too, when he played uh, Frosty the Snowman in the cartoon. Happy what was, birthday! What was, yeah, well, how did that go, Blowhard? <laughs> well, the, commercial, well the, the actor, he was a comic. His name was Jackie Vernon. Way to give it away. And he used to say, <laughs> Happy birthday! 
Happy uh, birthday. No, now you see, like, you're scaring people. Yeah, I Here's Paul in Wisconsin. You're on the run of I got to be in the Christmas spirit. Hey, guys, uh, okay. to give you an idea of Midwest loyalty, I was put on the Green Bay Packers season ticket waiting list um, a week after I was born. I'm 35, and I just got him for this season. Yeah. And congratulations, nice. brother. Thank you very and, much. You know, there, there's the another thing. When people talk about, oh, small market, small market, Fucking Green Bay is a tiny market, and they compete, and they don't have any big problems, and they fill that place up. So I don't want to hear, oh, they're a small market. we got to somehow take it easy on them. Green Bay's never asked for anything but a chance to be in the game. And that's if they were handing out things now, they never would say, oh, there's a market that deserves it. But they also had... Uh, pretty much great luck in terms of quarterbacks. For 20 years, they've had a franchise quarterback. And in the NFL, right. we all know you the quarterback does it all. luck, yeah. but they fucking draft well. They, they sit no, 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 around. No, Brett Favre, Brett Favre was on the scrap heap. I mean, he, yeah. he was like a nobody. Yeah. And then he gets thrown phenomenal. picked him up. Now, Rodgers, I give them credit for it. Yeah, but they also, the, the fact is, you got to find guys. That's the game. That's the game that you got to do to be, become a winner. They sat out there in the cold weather way before Brett Favre when they had to watch Lynn Dickey. It's true. So, no matter right. when. When they had bad what. times and it's five degrees, and that place filled up. And drinking those beers and taking because right, you go doesn't make you good, right? You're saying do do the fans live and die? No, they do. The that, people in Green Bay do. Do the people in Phoenix? No. There's plenty of times they don't show up. But there's so many more options in a different place like that. That's exactly right, what you, I'm talking about. No, they you, don't deserve a fucking sports team. They don't require one. You, the, the sports team used to be for guys who worked in a factory, knew that their life was shit, <laughs> and said to themselves, what is an escapism that I could have? Oh, I know. My Steelers. But you can be a big sports fan in a big sports town and have multiple options. That doesn't take away from how good of a sports fan you are. A sports town is what I'm not talking about individuals. I'm sure there's individuals. Boston is a great sports town. Philly's a great sports town. New York, Chicago. Baltimore. Yeah, well, Baltimore doesn't even have all the sports. After you start to get out of that, then we go into second tier, even, where no. you have great football towns uh, or some great basketball towns. But overall... You don't sit around and say the whole thing of oh we could go sailing instead is exactly right. The people wow, of Tampa don't need the Bucks to be good. Oh no no, Chris, coming from the guy that says Baltimore's a great sports town, when the Orioles I don't know couldn't draw for like ten years, I don't want to hear anything. But there are great sports towns out there. They're a smaller population. Oh, they're a smaller population. Green Bay, give me that. Give me this. How about Eugene, Oregon? How about the University of Oregon? They draw, they grow sell out crowds not, for almost every sport. I'm not talking about a fucking there. college thing where, where people get together. Because they would be doing that anyway. I'm talking about a pro sports town. I'm telling you, Hicks, I know that you've had a lot of faith in Bob. Yeah. Today, I, I don't know. Today is the first day that I've ever looked at you and thought, yeah. are you giving me the best thing? Um, because my two, mm-hmm. Molly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. who's just always dead on. She's, she's 100%. She's great. Thanks, guys. And Fez was even giving me stuff that Bob's having uh, factual problems mm. with his work. That would be on me for not going over that with a fine-tooth comb. That's on me. You will go out of your... That is. So you're it's combing fine, your... It's a fine-tooth comb. Oh all the time now, Fonzie? Is That's that right. what you do? Hey, <laughs> it's the 50s. All right, we got a break here. Blow Ron, hard. Ron, one last question for Hicks. 
What he up? always talks about how he hates children. Yeah. And then earlier he says how much he wants to fuck them. What's wrong with him? Uh, he's what, disgusting. What, what are you talking? I'm not You're saying I, I said if I was president of the United States, I'd make statutory rape not a fucking crime anymore because it's consensual. I'm not I don't saying think you don't I'm, know about the powers of the president. You're a pedophile. <laughs> You're a pedophile because I'm not fucking talking about fucking kids. How many, how many bugs did they find in that hair when they cut it? Zero. This fucking shit is clean as fuck. You creepy pedophile, you. <laughs> you really are a creepy pedophile. Hey, let's not fucking get that fucking going, all right? And there's really another reason why you don't like to be around children. Because you're afraid what you might him. do. Keep I'm not away from him. I will, I'm not going to hurt any children. I just don't want to be around Again. Them. Yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> done hurting children. Rape. What's the matter with you? I, I had a break. Ronnie, it's a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure talking to you, Bullhart. I'm glad hey, to care, hear buddy. from all your many fans, too, out Hicks, there. Hicks, uh, we're watching you. <laughs> Yeah, come on, NSA. Hey, what are we going to do this year now that we're not going to do fantasy? We're not doing fantasy? No, remember the league fell apart last year. We had to rebuild. I think it was be a yeah, rebuild. Me and Higgs always got along because we both sucked. <laughs> All right, talk to you later. Fantasy football, that is. Peace. Peace, guys. He says peace because he's a hippie. <laughs> uh, when we get back, but I want you to tap out with uh, the kid and bring him back in uh, because... We got to re go over some of these things with the bar. Bar with the bar. I mean, certainly if we get a West Coast fucking show, we definitely will need bar. Yeah. If I got to hear words like Eugene, Oregon, and Phoenix. Oh, that's uh, but what we will do here is break and come back and focus on the top 10 for grilling. Yes. Thank God I did not have to pick the top 10 because there wasn't anybody I'd have thrown off. Um, you know what? I would say this. Johnny's looked a lot like Hard Rock. I don't know whether he just took his <laughs> pictures there. Um, right back, it's the Ron Fez Show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez Show on Sirius XM's OP and Anthony channel. More in moments. Yeah. <laughs> ACDC. Classic ACDC brought to us by Classic Shelbs. Shelbs was just telling us which one of the interns badmouths us the most back there. And let me tell you something, Shelby. I'm glad you're wearing a fucking wire. Now I know not to trust either one of those other two. Uh huh. Good and work. I thought of them as my own. Good work, Donnie Brasco. <laughs> Donna Brasco. That's a fucking movie I'm trying to get made right now. It's a reboot. It's a reboot. If Donny Brasco had a vagina, it would be even more fucking intense. Get fucking Plana Gretzky to fucking play him. Shit, her. yeah. By the way, uh, it seems to be a lot of people who slowed the site down for a while jacking into their Paulina pictures. Yeah. Her and her friend's dance party. Dance party USA. Who do you think hates us more, Ba or Molly? 
I don't think Molly's capable of hating anything, so mm. I'm going to go with Bob. All right, good. Glad you told me. You agree with him, Hicks? I think because we're trying to stop her from going to Camp Bisco, she, she hates us now. Really? Is that it? Yeah. That's what I think, so I have to disagree with Shelbs. I'm going to fucking go up to that Camp Bisco wearing camo, fucking keeping an eye on her from across the uh, park. Hell yeah. Watch out for bikers. That fucking guy right there, I think, is on the Showtime TV show. Makes sense. Is a show called fucking Titties on a Boat? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I put him on hold. What's that show that we were just talking about last night? Uh, it's the... Oh, new- uh, Ray Donovan? Yeah. I think Ray Donovan solved him from sucking a dick. <laughs> like, dude... Alright, if anyone watches Ray Donovan, you know, like, they have a thing where a big uh, movie star sucks a dick and they're trying to ruin his career for it. Yeah. Uh, I honestly think that's the guy. Was it episode two? A mouth is a mouth? No, he sucked a dick in both. Oh. A uh, mouth and a mouth is what they were telling Ray Donovan's gay son. Oh, nice. A uh, guy come out of prison and told him that. So just don't take it in the ass. You end up getting disease. Do you know the guy's name who was sucking oh, dicks? fuck would I. He's just some guy who sucks dicks and gets caught for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, uh, I want to put up a video in just a couple minutes to show somebody shit-talking Dwight Howard. <laughs> and uh, while we're doing that, let's get the top ten... Of the grilling pictures. Now, I wish I was eating all this fucking food. It's just so damn good. It's so fantastic. Really just beautiful meat. No homo. (laughs) (laughs) I was surprised I would have been offended by that, but then I would be a little more consistent in my views. Hey, let's go over there and let's check to see if the new thing is up yet. For the Dwight? Yeah. Because I haven't seen it yet. It's Ice Cube. Pissed off at him. <laughs> right, let's take a let's take a little gander here. It's an exclusive. Kings of the Mic tour, son. It's gonna be fucking great. It looks good. <laughs> By the way, he's saying this in Houston. Dwight Coward. Dwight Coward. That's the rhyme. We don't need no bitches on our team, homie. You don't deserve to go up on that goddamn wall. So, I predict tonight, Kobe will win another championship. He's going to win a Smith one. Yeah, now that I got that off my chest. How you feeling out there now? Yeah. Okay. Okay, now check this out. Oh. Shit, I'm going to go to this tour now. Hell yeah. Who's all on it? it uh, it's Ice Cube, De La Soul. Uh, Public Enemy and LL Cool J. Jesus Christ, count me in. Hell yeah. 
my fuck Dwight Howard. Fuck, fuck Dwight Howard. Dwight Coward, you mean? That's good, man. You know, fucking bitch, my ass motherfucker. That's on our fucking team. strong, dude. That is so strong. Hello, Cool Jake. It's top billing. I have all four of those acts. Uh, Brooke, you're on the Run and Face show. Hey, Brian. I just want to let you know that the guy who uh, sucks dick on Ray Donovan is John from Cincinnati. He's like half retarded and John's from Cincinnati, right? Yes. And then right. he's half retarded here. But doesn't even this show have a weird John's from Cincinnati feel about it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I don't know whether I'm into it yet. I'm trying. It's very Californication-esque, but more fighting. Yeah. If anything bad can happen, it will. All right, thanks. Yeah, John from Cincinnati is the fucking um, guy who sucked the dick and got caught. Now, I think that's him on that boat. Right. Go over and look now. <laughs> look at both things. All right, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to figure this out. All right, hold on. But get it down to the bottom. <laughs> right, that looks like his ass. It does. I mean, I'm used to saying more dick in his mouth, so it's hard for me to fucking know completely. I think there's a brooder film with more jugs. <laughs> Fucking kid's funny, seriously. There's some tits. Yeah, no, bouncing. Bouncing tits. Okay, he's helping the bounce. Yes. There's John from Cincinnati having a great fucking time. <laughs> yeah. That's that motherfucker there right there. Just fucking digging it. For once, he doesn't have a dick in his mouth. <laughs> For one fucking shining moment. Get some tits in your face, the dog. cock out and starts to fucking <laughs> enjoy some tits. It's all thanks to that boat, too. Yeah, sure. That fucking boat's probably a rental, those fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> oh, no, fucking, she's got that, fuck, the great one's money, right? Yeah. She's good. Yeah, she's fucking boating around like that. If I was him, I'd be fucking keeping her in her room. <laughs> oh, he's failed miserably. Yeah, look, this who woman. am I to talk? I'm letting Molly go away this weekend. I'm out of my mind. Fucking biker fest or whatever it is. All right, the poll is up. You can only vote once a day on this. Uh... The by the way, I'm just gonna go through this. The pork baby back ribs. I want one. I don't know if anything could beat that right off the bat. That's a good. That picture. is done perfectly for me. Looks like some juicy pork. Now today we got those um, that new food that you had coming in, right? The croissant, uh, whatever it is. No crow nuts. Jesus I'm fucking Christ. sending someone so early tomorrow. Um, Shelby, you want to? Camp out downtown tonight. You got it. <laughs> Why would anybody want to do that? Did they get the crown? It's the only way to get them. You're gonna get raped. I don't sleep anyway. I'll just Perfect. really you don't sleep. It's too hot. You don't got an AC? No. That's fucked up. You gotta stay at fucking at Hicks's house tonight. I got a couple fucking ridiculous BTUs on these things. You want to go that. over there tonight? And seriously, he'll teach you how to get mouth fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You're an intern. I'm not going to be mouth fucking. <laughs> Until after your internship. <laughs> Isn't it awful we talk so nice about Molly and so fucking hideous about the boys? And that was the summer I was mouth fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I'll talk about at a later time, but I'll just bring up this. I get mouth fucked. <laughs> There's something to look forward to. Alright, right off the bat. Uh, I don't know how I can't vote for it, but the baby arc ribs. Then there's that pig that you like. Love this, love this fucking pig. It looks delicious. Looks like every part of it is delicious. Like you could eat its fucking foot right now. Would that foot be considered a paw? 
or a hoof? It's a hoof. It's a hoof. A pig hoof? It's a pig hoof. You'll never fucking say anybody say, I got kicked with a pig hoof. I don't think they do want to I kick think it, it just goes with foot. Oh, it's a hoof. It's a cloven hoof. Where you have pig's feet. Nobody gets a jar of pig's hoofs. I'd eat them, though. Uh, the, the brisket is as good as it gets, too. Hell yeah. I fucking want to eat that brisket so much right now. We should have a brisket party. Hopefully, someone fucking brings some brisket. Do me a favor and bring some uh, pig's hoofs and some pig pulse. Mm. And then the filet mignon. That is a perfectly cooked piece of steak. What are the girls doing in the background? Why all this fucking great food is going on there? Just look back there. They look like they're having coffee. I think they're blasting rails. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're not eating. They're just fucking cutting the line. <laughs> I think you can't go around saying shit like that. Well, it's fucking out of focus. Maybe they would have done a better fucking job taking a picture. We fucking realize they don't have a big fat fucking goddamn line in front of them. <laughs> Oh, I can't even. I lost oxygen in my brain laughing at that one. Because <laughs> they could be. Come on. Yeah, but two people are like, oh, we sent our picture and it could be nice. And you're like, they're blasting rails. <laughs> that one's tough to beat. Just at the kitchen table. <laughs> Whatever. It's a flat surface. It fucking works. Okay, Why wouldn't it be? Move this homework out of the way. <laughs> oh, we have a great home for blasting rails now. <laughs> a big table. We just chop up monster lines. <laughs> Love going over there. Michael Sarah was telling this fucking story on Letterman last night that he's down in Chile, or as you call it, Chile. Yeah. And they fucking have this shit, this powder that they make, and then they blow it up in each other's nostrils. Wait, so I would fucking put a fucking straw up his fucking nose? And then blow as hard as you could. They're too lazy to snort? What about yeah. I weird. think either that or they fucking cake their nose so fucking deep with this shit. Oh, my God. So Letterman is like, so is this like a drug? And he's like, I don't know, man. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> they just do it. Something weird that happens. Yeah, they all—they have all that fucking coke everywhere. They just get weird with it down there. Yeah, they love it. It's just fucking coke leaves fucking. Every- I don't know. It's like a fucking Molly getaway weekend. I know. Molly and those goddamn who were friends she grew up with in Westchester. Hey, let's take a trip to Bolivia. It's don't, landlocked. Don't, don't go, Molly. Please. Now here's an interesting one: a hamburger with coleslaw and pickles makes the top ten, and I'm. You would never think going in they would have a chance, but look how beautiful that picture is. Yeah, I want one of those burgers. I've never put coleslaw on my burger. What am I, fucking crazy? I should have been doing this from fucking day one. It's time to switch it up. Get some pickles up on that motherfucker. Those pickles look good, too. Yeah, it's a quality burger. But the burger itself grilled to perfection. You can forget uh, how good a grilled burger can taste. Because you end up spending so much time with the other stuff. But just eating a grilled burger, forget about it. And that slaw looks out of this world. Fucking dying for that right now. Since an intern on a coleslaw run. Now, I do take points out because no one's doing fucking lines behind them <laughs> in this picture. All right, this one, we got 
planked asparagus, prosciutto bundles, planked spares, blue cheese and walnuts, and grilled turkey burgers. The fruit uh, and vegetables look fucking damn good. I've never had pears done this way. I'm normally against cooked fruit, if you want to know the truth. But that looks good. And the word turkey burgers never got me excited, but seeing that onion rings around it and the cheese looks pretty goddamn ex interesting. That's a beautiful picture as well. Yeah. Little prosciutto and asparagus is always good. Um, if you went back to the coleslaw burger, right? Yeah. Do you take off any points for not having cheese on it? Mm, that's a good fucking point. I, I might have to because I like cheese on my burger, dog. If as a uh, if a waitress ever says to me, "Do you want cheese on a burger?" I go, "What do you fucking think? <laughs> Where is a plain fucking burger? <laughs> An idiot? Where are we fucking in communist Russia? It's not fucking crazy, you slut. Would you like a <laughs> a roll with your hamburger or just fucking eat it off a toothpick? Do you want this burger cooked or just give it to you in a fucking plastic bag? Or should I wipe it between my ass cheeks and I'm rolling down a fucking gutter while you chase after it? <sighs> fucking service here is terrible. <laughs> but, you know, for picture purposes, it looks good not having cheese. But I go, okay, did you get the picture you want? Now let's melt some fucking cheese on that shit. <laughs> Uh, Jack, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, a million bucks by me. What up? Uh, Ice Cube fucking shit on Dwight Howard coming to Houston. That fake ass sellout, cool as a Coors Light can, motherfucker. Come on, I'm out. What? You ought to get out. You ought to get out before we fucking hunt your ass down. Give me a fucking break. Ice Cube is the man. You could do a lot of shit on this show, but Attack Ice Cube is not part of it. Yes, know. he's making some nice children's movies for people and telling us about fine products like that uh, that can that gets itself frosty. It's so cold. I just fucking give me some Coors Light. Come on. It's so cold you'll think you pissed yourself is what they say. <laughs> you'll have frozen piss encasing your crotch. <laughs> encasing? Yeah, yeah. Look, he gets pissed off the Coors Light can. I like he's bringing a little half a fro back, too. Him and Prince are doing it. It's a good look. Now I like to see Lenny Kravitz jump back on it, but I know he's got a role in the butler. Have you seen the trailer for the butler yet? Yeah. That butler gave you everything you ever was. What? This is campaign manager? I cried during the trailer because I thought it was in the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually they're in uh, the Weinstein's. They're in trouble because uh, there's some movie from like the 20s called The Butler. Yeah. That now they have to might have to change the name from The Butler to I don't know. I guess Butler, manservant. That's what they really should call it. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, that's technically what he is. I'd like to change the name to Suck My Black Dick, Mr. <laughs> President. <laughs> Leon goes to Washington. Yeah. No. Here's the thing. <laughs> Washington is the town I nicknamed Chocolate City, with its vanilla suburbs. God, I love P-Funk. It's shit. Do you like P-Funk, Parliament Funkadelic, or simply Parliament? So many choices. <laughs> I know, isn't there? So many incantations of the fucking band. I wish there was one more band called Parliament F. Then I'd be satisfied. I like the full, I like Parliament Funkadelic. I like saying the whole fucking thing. You want me to put on some Parliament Funkadelic for everybody? Please. 
We're eventually going to get to it, though. It doesn't take all that long. Uh, smoke clams. That looks beautiful. Oh, yeah, with chorizo? Oh, yeah. God, give it to me. Are you a clam guy? Yeah, I love clams. Would you like getting just a bucket? Yeah, give me just a bucket. Give me a bucket of fucking clams, motherfucker. Come on, dog, you've given it to me. Better than that fucking... And don't wash them either. I want them covered in fucking sand. Give me that brine. <sighs> I should have a bucket of clams right now. I know. From a diner or, you know... Motherfucker, he doesn't forget. <laughs> he fucking follows you around. It's weird. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with fucking <laughs> diner shellfish. Hold on. Uh, fucking Ensign Mikhail is on the, the Zimmerman trial. He says Martin's clothes show the gun was against the clothes. <laughs> Good. Good. That meant Martin got shot. He, he's the one that's dead. Would that be the thing that just fucking freak out Zimmerman and they find out he's been dead the whole time? Oh, my God. Uh, I believe this is the last picture down here. The beer can chicken. Oh, God, that's good. That's really a stunningly beautiful picture. Yeah. And just well-cooked fucking food. The stump uh, grilled steak... Uh, we brought that up yesterday. It's innovative, you know? It's like cooking on a bun. <laughs> I'm all for that. And then just simply untitled there at the bottom. I think that last one's just an ad from Whole Foods. I'm not really sure about that. I like to just fucking bite into it like it was a goddamn apple. Mm. Chicken apples. We mm. should make those. Uh, Max in Arizona, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron, I was wondering if you saw the Big Brother on Sunday. Yeah, I did. Well, I'm, I have some beef with them. They made that little 22-year-old girl look out to be a racist. I thought that was some bullshit. Um, you thought it shouldn't have made the TV? No, how do you fucking let a little 22-year-old girl have an entire America against her? That's pretty fucked up, if you ask me. That's what the game is. This is the fucking game itself. They decide who, you know, what pieces to put up there, who looks like a weirdo, who looks like a, a cool person. That's what you sign up for. You sign up to be on TV. And, uh, you know, it's just like I was talking today with Chuck Klosterman. I'd rather hear people say racist stuff so I knew who they were. Like, when I talk to a Chris Stanley, yeah. I'll say to myself, there's a modern-day fucking Nazi. <laughs> um, that far. And if I ever, you know, and myself, I listen to myself talk, and I go like this. Man, is that Jesus being extra funny? And I go, no. That's fucking Ronnie B. <laughs> Bringing the Jesus shit, but with some laughs for people. Because Jesus was very rarely funny. Although, he laughed his ass off at other people. I thought he was just trying to help people. No, Jesus is always like calling like Peter over and go, hey, tell that fucking story again. Tell that story, that All shit. Right. He was like Elvis with Elvis's friends, where you had to get up and perform for Elvis every once in a while. Elvis would be like this with his friends. Why don't you take that uh, fish and put it in your pants? Go, put it in your pants, man. Look at you hopping around with a fish in your pants. This is great, Elvis. Um, the girl, you know, and then I, I honestly think it's worth talking about if... You say about an Asian person, why don't she go make some rice? 
Because Asian people do eat rice. Is that the most racist thing in the world? To say, go make some rice? I think it's pretty racist. Why? Because you're just there. You're, you're just shrinking her to something that Asian people eat. How's that shrinking? You're making her less than a person. You're taking her down to uh, the level of a grain. I eat fucking rice. It's great. I, I'm everyone I know that eats rice. But if you said about America, you fucking corn eaters, go eat some corn. That would be some truth to that. I hope Julie Chen calls her out on it when she finally gets voted out of the house. Julie Chen eats rice, too. I just don't have a... I just don't have a problem of people saying the things that they want to say. Then you could disagree with those things. I don't have you having a problem disagreeing with her. I just don't think you have any idea what's offensive and what isn't. I just really don't. I think you're looking for someone else to be pointed at other than yourself. Um, and I don't fucking... I think if you have an Italian guy and you go, what are you eating, spaghetti again? The chances are he probably is. I have friends that were Italian. They treated spaghetti like it was a fucking potato. They had it as a side dish. For everything. How's that offensive? That's what they eat. It's accurate. I think it becomes offensive when the girl wouldn't say it to the Asian player's face. Wouldn't say it in front of Helen. So then it's meant totally offensively. She wouldn't have said that if it, she was sitting so there with her. what is wrong with saying something offensive or someone getting offended? You can't go through life not being offended. So if I said to somebody, go cook some rice, that's not offensive if they're sitting there. That That's not a bad thing to do. No, it's... No, it's still bad, but that's how she Why knows it bad? it's offensive. It's a fucking staple. It's a food. It's the ethnic food for that group. They break it. I don't know how many times that you have to hear from people where they're like, well, of course I can dance. I'm Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's ready to have good stereotypes. Everyone, the Irish are always ready to say that they can fight and drink. It's all a sham. Yeah. People just pick and choose. Or as soon as they get drunk, they start crying about how much they miss their dear mom. <laughs> Well, why didn't you treat her a little fucking nicer when she was around here, you, you crazy mick? That's the problem. Why'd you break her heart? <laughs> Why'd you take the butter and eggs money and turn it into fucking Tillamore Dew? Because fucking Tillamore Dew tastes pretty damn good. I just honestly don't believe that people are as offended by these things as they say they are. I think they like to pretend they're offended because now we can all be mad at some other person. And we don't have to look at ourselves. Um, people forget most of the things. If you were to find people that say things that offends them all the time, you could you could find it on a, on a constant basis. Everything out of Hicks's fucking mouth today has been somewhat offensive. I, mean, I did say that you know statutory rape should be legal. It should not be a crime. Um, Hicks, if you had to pick today, oh my god, you can't touch her. So fucking hard. If if you wrote a cookbook called A Kid Toucher Likes the Fucking Nice... Why am I getting associated with this Kid Toucher thing? Because you just said if you were elected president. Yeah. Which I think is going to happen. 
I think I might vote different every day. Just that initial rib kills me. Mm -hmm. The brisket kills me. I wish I didn't like the burger look as much as I do. The beer can chicken is done perfectly. Even the salad and potatoes are perfect. The filet looks fantastic. That would get my vote today. Uh, Liz Sets Fire is already working on her statutory Stanley t-shirt. Really it's going to be Chris Stanley mm. um, holding over an open an infant's legs. <laughs> I'll, I'll be setting fire to those shirts. <laughs> and it just says, yummy, yummy. Please don't. Peppy likey. No, I don't. I like people of age. Then why don't you do this? Yeah. This weekend, I want you to take care of Dave's kids. I no thanks. Can we trust you? You could trust me. Yes, you could trust me, but I personally have no fuck I have I have no way I want to be around kids. You're going to watch those kids. Yeah. You can't have a telephone, uh, a TV, no alcohol, nothing. I'm killing and myself. Then we will come in Sunday night. Yeah. DNA DNA test. Yeah. And if everything works out, yeah. you're free to go. <laughs> free to go? No, it's being like a rest. That'd be too much to fucking make conversation with children. Right, there are people battling right now asking if the uh, brisket is perfect or too dry. They're already battling that out. Oh. Debate, son. Looks oh, pretty damn good to me. Uh, hey, Red Bear, you're on the run the first show. I'm, I'm going uh, with the baby back with the nice fucking dog, the tall boy of uh, Red Rose Tea, baby. Red Rose Tea. Red Rose Tea. Red Rose. Where are those singing monkeys at? I love them. Um, 42 is up. 42 empty spaces. I don't know what there is about modern ruins, but... I've, I just uh, love them. Love an old gas station. That's abandoned old gas yeah, station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guy does all these pictures out uh, west of stuff like that. I've always been a big fan of an abandoned luncheonette. That's pretty cool looking. Mm, I just tried to do a joke. So oh, no, it's um, I thought we'd all be laughing and high fiving right now. <laughs> Like, oh my god, what a weird reference. Man, Subway, that's strong. That's NYC. I also am a big fan of uh, any abandoned uh, amusement parks. Because they're so weird and sad and creepy. Yeah, but cool. Like, it feels like a great drug deal can go down there. Like, I've never been part of that drug deal where you know you got snipers and cars ready to come rushing in. And I always like a movie where a guy will set up a fucking desk in the middle or something like that. <laughs> act like it's his office. Uh, here's Mark in Arkansas. You're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Roddy B. Yeah. I had to, had to call in to send my brisket. I'm not sure what people are seeing saying that's dry, but just take a look at that knife and you can see how moist that stuff is. It looks fantastic to me. There are people out there that just are haters, my friend. 
Don't understand it, man. Don't understand it, my friend. Your brisket is fantastic. Now, how do, what do you normally eat with it? How do you really do it? Man, the way I do that, I just, first of all, you don't need any sauce with that. So I do that brisket. Normally, I do a pan of beans. My wife will throw together a salad. And I'll see you, man. It's a good time. Arkansas, they know how to they know how to make the brisket. Good job, my friend. Mark from okay, Arkansas, friend. one of the top ten people. He's in the run. Um, here's uh, Ken. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, I was just talking to Molly, and she's thinking about. Oh, jeez. What a creep. I want to have a new thing. I don't even want him on the air anymore. I'm just right. done with him. Right. Fuck him. If he wants to put up himself as his name, he's more than welcome to. All right, fuck him and suck him. But you think I'm gonna sit here and let him shit talk Molly? Pips, which one of them uh, let him throw? That was Molly. All right, send her in here. This is see, this is passive aggressive because she's pissed about the fucking bi- disc- bi- disco biscuit thing. Is that right? Yeah. Are we playing that game? It sounds. Right, what it sound- That's what I'm fucking surmising. That's what I'm saying. Maybe she's not used to having a little discipline in her life because she's had a happy. She's been a happy-go-lucky girl. Is this passive aggressive of, of letting him throw? Absolutely not. He uh, he said he wanted to know your favorite fish dish. I was also curious, and oh. that's why I let him through. Well, I like uh, I like <laughs> a plank fish. I like to put it on and actually cook it right on the wood. It's delicious. And then not to offend Fez, but I'll make a fish taco. I know that comes off as acting like I'm. Anti-Mexican by bringing up the word taco. Um, you're not going this weekend. We've talked it over, and also because we've lost trust in you, we're taking that door off the hinges. Yeah, you get no more privacy. Yeah, no privacy because you, you can't be trusted. I'm taking the door off the office too. The off the fucking booth good. door. It's all good. good. Take all the doors off. <laughs> I want right. it look like we live in cubicles. Get the doors, CDs out of here too. You know, I I need those, though, because there's so many days that I need riders on the storm after a long day. All right, I won't go. Uh, Hicks, would you do me a favor and finally give it out to Weekender? Yeah, I got it. Molly was supposed to plug that since... uh, By the way, you're not going to be a plug king, uh, Shelby. I don't think that you have the up attitude that it takes. The winner of... The last weekender is Ron Cigar. Oh, that's me. Ron, oh, that, oh, there's a user on the Ontario Bank. Ron Cigar gets the winner. What is Merck proud of? I'm, I'm sorry, say it from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and in English, por favor. What is America proud of? No, that is what is America proud of. No, it's the weekender from before we went on vacation. Yes, and what is that? <laughs> it is. What makes America great? Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> what makes America great? And then Ron. You C- want a little like a brain operation? <laughs> I would love one. Uh, and he, uh, Ron Cigar, says our higher education system, where everyone from around the world comes to learn in America, and then help the rest of the world outside. Hmm. He's the winner of America Pie, signed by Eugene Levy. Ron Cigar. Congratulations, Ron Cigar. I wonder if he's named after my cigar. <laughs> Is it Ron's cigar? Yeah, Ron's cigar. Ron apostrophe S no, cigar. No, it's bad English. Ron, it's just Ron's. <laughs> Ron's cigar. 
You want to get out of the spotlight now, Dwight? No. You want to get out of the L.A. Lakers spotlight? Fuck no. Bring you it. made me laugh really hard when you when you brought up blasted lines, though, <laughs> where you just accused innocent people. Yeah. Um, I'll party with the Black Mamba. What is? <laughs> what, is what is your favorite abandoned picture out there? Uh, Shelbs, you're normally a 42 guy. Yep. What do you like? And I'm going to ask Pips, too. What are those, like... What is that, like a silo? And, like, the water looks pretty cool. don't think anybody's heading out there anytime soon. Seems like the iBank's pretty focused on things of capacity right now. I think mm. next week it's going to be, like, the 42 half-filled rooms or something. Yeah, we gotta get we got to get away from travel pictures. Although, if you don't do it in the summer, when are you going to do it? Yeah. This is my favorite. This is in England. Just abandoned, like I guess it looks like oil rigs. It looks like Star Wars, fucking bad, fucking robots. Fuck but shacks, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go up to the fuck shack. We gotta swim out pretty deep. Oh please! The rusted out locomotive is amazing looking. Um, here's Anthony. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, my man? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you ain't got no pictures of cheesecakes up there, right? Because you didn't fucking grill them on an outdoor grill. Nah, you can grill a cheesesteak or you can grill a flat top grill. But here's the thing, dude. If you want the pictures in, you'd have to send them in. Not sit around with your thumb up your ass screaming about how, <laughs> once again, South Philly's not fucking represented. Nah, 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 nah. I got two words for you. I got two words for you. Rocky and Rocky Two. We produced both of those movies. And I never get so much as a hi, how you do for it. Just rewatched Rocky Four over vacation. Sly, we're going to shoot that again, and instead of saying hi, Adrian, could you just say yo, Adrian, <laughs> and slur a little more like you're retarded? And scene. <laughs> um, boy, Deaf Proof is out there bitching about other people's. You know what? This should. This should be seen as more than just a contest, and it should be a g gathering of love. Celebration. Yeah, a celebration of love. Hey, he's going to hate. What do you mean by that, Chris? Yeah, if, you're, if you're a <laughs> hater, you're just going to fucking hate on shit, because oh. you're a fucking hater, and you got nothing else to do. Chapter 5, Hate is Gonna Hate. Mm -hmm. Did you... Uh, Cringe a little bit, Molly, when Closterman said all critics had to hate the Eagles. That what? When Closterman said that all critics were forced to hate the Eagles. It did make me cringe a little. Especially because I started that statement with, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, in your face, Molly. <laughs> this is why you're not going away this weekend. <laughs> Actually, I got something better for you to do this weekend. What's that? Clean out the garage. It's a learning experience. And then the rain spouts. Ugh, I don't want to do that. But I will. Um, here's Chris on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. How about uh, Hicks look up Abandoned Pod? It's pretty cool. And also there's an abandoned uh, Disney World in China. Well, it's not a Disney World, but uh, it's a bootleg Disney World. It's really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of abandoned shit in China where they build stuff even before the people start to live around there. There's just empty cities. There's like 10 or 12 empty cities in Japan. I mean, uh, in China. They built, they built a replica of France. 
Like there's a fucking uh, a replica of the Eiffel Tower and a replica of, of Paris. That's Vegas. They built a replica <laughs> of Vegas. The weird thing is they built one city on rock and roll. What? Mm-hmm. They built that city? On rock and roll. Um, here's uh, Matt. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hello, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring your attention to uh, Hashima Island. Uh, it's right off of Japan. It was uh, a really built-up, very industrial island uh, that is now completely abandoned. I think they abandoned it just after either World War II or, or maybe in the 1960s. That's the one from Skyfall, looks like. Yeah, I'm probably wrong. Skyfall, the video game. Uh, all these are up on the iBank today, just abandoned things all the way around. And they become oddly beautiful. Um, we have stuff here in New York City where you can go underground and find old abandoned stations, uh, subway stations. One of them has is just like gorgeous. It's downtown. And you break into there, and there's like candelabras and stuff, and it really looks like the penguin would be living there. Someone, uh, I think, uh, two weeks ago threw a party in uh, in, the, in there. Yeah. Some guy that was like illegal, it was like on the law or whatever, and, and like a couple hundred people just went in there and just fucking, there was bands and shit. Playing. It's up on the iBank, too. Um, but mole people are down there all the time, kings yeah. of the mole people. There are some people in New York that only live underground, and sometimes they'll come out at nighttime. Is that real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll see them sometimes if you take the uh, subway. And I know you don't because no, you, do. you you take a Rolls Royce oh back gosh. and forth by your driver. But you'll see them dart in front of the trains and you'll see their little yellow eyes. And they look fucking rat-like. Mm. Creepy, man. Yeah, just right up front on the subway and look out the front. You'll see them scurrying <laughs> away. Rat. They do. They scurry back out. They're not just regular rats. No, these are human beings. You know, I know we look down on homeless people. Oh my God, no. But underground, no one judges them. Yeah, your kind say like, oh, the rats are out. And those are just fucking normal people trying to live their fucking life. They're not vermin, Molly. <laughs> Classic uh, Molly. Oh, yeah. It's turning on me. Yeah. Well, Shelb, you had a good day today. Yep. Had yep, he says. Great time. Yeah, had a great time. You got anything to plug? Mm, I might be at UCB on Friday. Really? They're starting to ask for you back. I've never performed there, but... Uh, oh, I thought you went there once. Yeah, but they had a whole raffle system. It's, uh, it's tough to get Yeah, those things are rigged. You know, to head back down there with just a fucking can of gasoline and say, am I going to become a regular <laughs> or an enemy? It's up to you. <laughs> but then I said that jokingly in case he really does do it. Okay. That was a joke. I can't tell sarcasm, so thank no. you. For th thank you. Well, we got to go talk to Basta. That's what's up. Anything else we need to plug? Want a Sykes Unmasked? It's coming up next week. That's <clears throat> gonna be good, actually. Hell yeah. You don't mind if I just fucking focus on Tony Hale right now? Oh, yeah. Tony Hale right now, yeah. Yeah. Or right, should I start asking him one of the Sykes things? <laughs> I'm like, when do you think one of the Sykes really start to gain in her character? No. No. I think you should do that. Mm. <laughs> what if I just say this to him? What does this remind you of? Anything bad? 
and then just giggle and try to get them to give me a high five. Go vote for your favorite of the grilling. Looks like Death Proof is trying to put together his own gang out there. Which one is his, by the way? Do we even know? Don't have, uh, that's the, uh... The what? Oh, the clams. That was one of your faves. Yeah, I've, I've really, yeah, it looks amazing. Love chorizo, love clams. Which one would you pick, Molly? I know you're not much of a meat eater. Um, the first one. You know, that thing was hard to get by, wasn't it? Yeah. Seriously, looks awesome. When I hear the song by Mr. Lou Reed, it always makes me feel like the show's going to be over soon. You know? <laughs> it's kind of weird. Isn't it odd? Yeah. Like, I just have this thing that when I hear this, I'm like, is the show ending? Mm-hmm. It's odd how things get in our heads. We're going to go on for a couple more hours, though. There's a lot I want to talk to everybody about. There's a lot I want to get into with Fez today. His hopes, his dreams, his wishes... His disappointments. The next hour will be on two-toned mustaches. Because Watley will tell us how to get it. And hey, hey, that's the end of my show. Donk. <laughs>